0: The Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit voicesofwrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling.
1: You are listening to the flagship podcast with your hosts. Joe Lanza.
0: It's hard to be humble when you're from Arkansas, which was funny on many levels because why would you be proud of being from Arkansas? That's number one. Arkansas yeah, no, is it's a it's terrible not. place. And rich rage. Like, this all started because someone liked a tweet uh, and got annoyed about it. Everybody
1: log off. <laughs> Throw your phones in the body of water closest to you. Stop. This is all terrible. I hate it all.
0: Yeah, it's all so dumb.
1: And we are live on the flagship podcast. I'm Rich, he's Joe. Uh, in the clip I played in the intro, you say it's all so dumb as we're talking about social media. And just wrestling in general is so dumb these days. It's I, it's ridiculous. We had a conversation this week where we are just... Remember the good old days where we could just... Let's go to the WWE Network, you know, let's find an episode of Mid-South and talk, we can't even think about doing that stuff anymore, because wrestling is just so dumb, every single week, it's the stupidest, dumbest thing ever, but I also love it so much, it's, and this is another, just, idiotic, dumb week in wrestling, and and I I love it.
0: Wow, Krejci is, uh, is going off, as they say on the streets. Do they still say that on the streets? Uh, I
1: haven't been off? on those streets in a while, so. Uh, <laughs> that's
0: Now you don't frequent the streets? No,
1: well, the, what was the. <laughs> Alfred had a. uh The streets are talking uh tweet not that long ago. What was his.
0: No, that's his. That's his gimmick.
1: The street. Okay. World Wrestling Entertainment PR.
0: <laughs> when he does the overnight.
1: Oh, the streets. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The streets are giving him the best nationals. And yeah, the he's fast getting nationals. them
0: from the streets. Right, that's right, that's right, his gimmick. Right, right, right. Um.
1: Well, I don't. I'm not on those streets. My those go to my junk or my spam or whatever. Never uh, received an email from uh, World Wrestling Entertainment uh, PR. I've tried to. I've tried to get on lists. I've tried to get free tickets and stuff. They never get back to me. So it's all right. Yeah, yeah. I don't go to those stupid shows anyway. Well,
0: still, the I only will pro take wrestling- a
1: board though. I'll take a cheese board though for sure.
0: Still, the only pro wrestling company to ever pay us. a Correct.
1: Dollar. Correct, yes, yeah, that is always one of the funny things when, when yeah. we're, we're, you know, the voices of wrestling getting payoffs from AEW and payoffs from New Japan and Kidani paying us and Harold paying us and stuff. The only wrestling company in the world that has cut us a literal check that went into my bank account is World Wrestling Entertainment, so there you go.
0: Yeah, your bank account.
1: <laughs> yeah, you saw it. Oh, that's fine. That was Daniel Bryan, man. Thank you to Daniel Bryan and the Yes Movement, I'll tell you that. That was very fruitful for those, uh, those t-shirt sales for a while. Yes. And then uh, they, (laughs) we started, so there was like this WWE shop account that would like randomly tweet out when like a new shirt came out. And during the early days of, you know, Voices of Wrestling, I would retweet that with like, whoa, hey, great shirt, like, buy it here. And then have the link to, you know, our, our, you know, our affiliate link with the WWE shop or whatever. Uh, But then little by little, I just started burying all their shirts. Uh, And then I realized after a while, like, man, I haven't seen a new shirt for WWE in a while. And that account blocked us um, because they were like, Stop. (laughs) <laughs> Making fun of all of our shirts, please. Yeah, you're trying to, and it would be like I'd be like, "This shirt fucking sucks." Here's the link to buy it, and they were like, "Please stop doing this. No one's buying any shirts well, anymore from you." I, so,
0: I gotta be honest, I can't blame them.
1: No, I mean they should have blocked us for sure.
0: Those were aggressive tweets. Right, we were also costing but, ourselves
1: money <laughs> with it too. But I couldn't, I couldn't lie to the listeners. I couldn't lie to the the, the followers. They were horrific t-shirts. The the world needed to know about them.
0: I mean, when you're putting out the John Morrison, Jomo Mo Sapien, we're going to eat your lunch T-shirts,
1: what do they want us to say? <laughs> right, exactly. I have to bury it. I can't, just, I can't just be quiet. I have to bury it. But then also put a link in there in case, you know, in case anybody does want to buy it. I was hoping we would get irony buys. Uh, Joe, we never got irony buys uh, that people did not buy shirts that we thought were stupid. So believe it or not.
0: Yeah. Bottom line is, still the only company Mm -hmm. to ever pay us a dime, despite being accused of being paid by multiple wrestling
1: companies. I wish. (laughs) Wouldn't that be the life? That'd be great.
0: I mean, I I don't know why these people think that pro wrestling companies are just throwing money to people anyway. (laughs) Where did did this stuff come from? It was like, one day, no one ever said that stuff. The next day, the term co-opted just took over Wrestling and every piece of media was uh, at some point um, basically accused of being co-opted and paid by, uh, you know, whatever wrestling company they dared say a give a positive review to Mm -hmm. or say a nice thing about. Uh, it just was very strange.
1: Right. Especially uh, so because, like, we were like saying, Hey, this 2014 New Japan for Wrestling is pretty good. And people were like, Nah, these assholes must be getting paid for these opinions that they have that this yeah. wrestling is good. There's no way this wrestling could be good. And there's no way they could say it'd be good unless they were getting a check from New Japan for Wrestling. And they were uh, not correct on that, unfortunately.
0: No, 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 no. no. Uh, I guess we're breaking kayfabe on that after years of saying that the bag man, uh, Takaake Kadane, was sending us money. We are now here to admit that we were never paid. Oh, by
1: I know. So I know. Yeah. After 10 plus years, it is finally time to admit that, no, we were not actually giving um,
0: no, the money from that, Kidani, So That clandestine meeting I had with him in San Antonio was not, in fact, to uh, renegotiate our contract. <laughs> you guys are
1: breaking bread over uh, uh, Coca-Cola's. Over he Coca-Cola's. was a Coke straight guy, right? He was a Coke straight or Diet Coke?
0: He's a Coke straight guy, and he was pounding them. <laughs> he was pounding Cokes. I mean... This man, um, this man enjoyed his uh, Coca Cola Classic. Let's put it that way. So he was double barreling. He had like
1: wait, 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 wait. What?
0: Yeah. So he'd come back to his little seat there, double fisted. Oh wow,
1: that's a that's a power move, man. That's a hell of a move. Wow.
0: See, he'd crack one open, and sit the other right next to his little seat, right? (laughs) See, pound one, and then he was ready with the next. Like he wanted to be ready, you know. So he was, yeah yeah absolutely
1: yeah because i've done that obviously with like at wrestling shows i'll get like a water and an alcoholic drink or whatever but this man double fisting coke classics that's uh yeah impressive that's impressive stuff that's 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 how you become a power mover and a power shaker in, in pro wrestling
0: i mean technically he was at work so you know maybe uh maybe he's a beer guy on his on during his leisure time but uh look that was all business you know he's uh he was at an NWA wrestling show, uh, checking out a promotional partner. So um, you know, no time to get drunk, but you know, sugar high, all good. Pounding those Cokes. The beverage, by the way. Yes, Don't clip yes. us. And,
1: <laughs> For the record, Coca-Cola make, <laughs> classic, the, yeah. the the soda pop as <laughs>
0: he wasn't kadani wasn't doing lines with you know, he wasn't doing bumps with with the one long fingernail. Pinky fingernail, you know, in, in the bathroom. No, these were, these were Coke classics in his seat. Uh, the beverage before anyone tries to get, you know, smart out there.
1: Do you think there's a whole generation of people that have no idea why some people call it Coca-Cola Classic? Because I always, I always, when I refer to that Coke, the Coke that we're talking about, I call it Coca-Cola Classic as well. But the can, do the can still even say Coca-Cola Classic, or did they take that off? I
0: now? don't think they still say that. But I think, look, I, I was tempted to say that. You know, the whole new Coke thing. What was that, like 1989 or something?
1: That was uh, new Coke. I, I wrote about it recently and then I forget what the exact yeah. year was. Uh, I think it was prior to me being born, though, the new Coke, 85. It was a long
0: time ago, 85. 85. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, there's a whole generation of adults who weren't alive for that. And, but the thing is, it is pretty, it, I would say it's a pretty well known failed marketing scheme in the, in, in, in pop culture, but you can never underestimate how stupid people are. So there are probably a lot of there people who never came across it. So, um, so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. Well, who especially knows? calling it
1: Coca-Cola even... classic. Cause it's like, well, why would you call it Coca-Cola? But you had to at a certain, right. in a certain year, because then, you know, after new Coke failed miserably, they had, Coke 2 out and about, and you could buy Coke 2, which was the new Coke, and then you could buy Coca-Cola Classic, but, like, that went on. The Coca-Cola Classic thing, I think, went on at least as far as I remember into, like, the early 2000s, where new Coke was still out there as Coke 2, and if you wanted Coca-Cola Classic to buy Coca, it it was called that, where, as now, yeah, from from 2002 or whatever on, or it might even be, I don't even know when it was, like, it might even be later than that. Um, You know, from that point forward, you didn't have to specify Coca-Cola Classic as, like, coke 2 was gone and, and and nowhere to be found anymore
0: yeah yeah remember pepsi clear
1: uh crystal pepsi yeah yeah they oh, uh they, crystal they, pepsi. yeah right, they brought it back right. not that long ago it's pretty funny because uh <laughs> did you have crystal pepsi in the day
0: i'm sure i did i don't remember though
1: yes yeah, so people got really upset about it and you taste it and it tastes exactly like pepsi and it's like yeah it's just pepsi without the the food coloring. <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. It's not the, the 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 drink you're drinking is not actually, you know, brown. It's it's a concoction of random things you know, in a can, and then they put food coloring in there to make it look like the color they want it to look like. Your your orange soda is not actually orange, you know what I mean? There's not, like, right. orange peel right. in there that's making it orange. It's just orange because that's the food dye they put in it. But, like, yeah, Crystal Pepsi blew people's mind. But, yeah, you have it, and you're like, yeah, that's just Pepsi without food coloring. That's all it is. But, you know, people, they weren't down, they weren't down for it, man. They, they did not want it.
0: But isn't there a mental aspect to Absolutely. it where it's like... This doesn't taste the same, even though it's literally the same thing. Oh, for sure,
1: yeah. It's it's why all the sodas. Are, I mean, grape soda wouldn't. I mean, what we call it grape soda, but it's like right. It's purple and it's yeah, yeah. doesn't taste like grape really, or maybe it does, maybe it does like, but it like you know,
0: I don't think grape soda tastes like. The fruit
1: at all? No, not at all. But we know, like, if you close your eyes and I say grape soda, and you have an idea, what? Yeah, you know what it tastes like. You know what it looks like, and and all the imagery and all the cans have you know these giant plump purple grapes on them, and you are like, ah, grape soda. (laughs) It's just you know,
0: it makes no sense. No, like like strawberry candy very rarely tastes like strawberries, but it tastes like strawberry candy. Like you know, what strawberry candy is supposed to taste like, and that that flavor is not really anything like strawberries. It's the same thing with the grape soda. I think orange soda, nah, that doesn't really taste like oranges either. It's,
1: Not really. Like, <laughs> it's got its own distinct thing.
0: Like your brain thinks it tastes like these things because you call it these, but it really doesn't. Right. They really don't taste like these things. I would say that vanilla flavored sodas do taste like vanilla. Yes,
1: I would agree. I would agree.
0: That one is accurate.
1: Like vanilla Coke just tastes like you put vanilla extract into a Coke. That's fine.
0: But any fruit like black cherry, that's not what black cherries <laughs> no, taste not at like. All. Right? So, um, and I guess with candy, the only one that tastes like the actual fruit would be like banana candy, like banana runts. They hmm. taste like bananas.
1: Do they taste like bananas? I'd have to, I haven't had a banana runt in a while. I need to. Uh...
0: Well, runts, there's, you know, like I. I don't like banana runs, but there's some people who like you. Watch our chat in about.
1: I, I like the. I, I yeah, I like the banana run.
0: As the well. I the just chat heard it in is, a while. is because there the people. There are people who love the banana runt. I think it's the best runt. That's the only one I don't eat. Like I'll hand you back the box of runs with just the bananas in it. I don't want the banana run. But um, I have to admit it does taste like banana, at least more so than the other. <laughs>
1: innocuous colored <laughs> runs that right. all Blabored just taste candy. like sugar that have no taste.
0: Like sour apple candy does not taste like a green apple at all, but you know what sour apple candy is supposed yes. to taste like.
1: Yes, and that was right. – I, I, and, and I didn't do a review of this one, but there was that Mountain Dew thrashed apple. I don't know if you had a chance uh, to have it. And essentially what that one was was essentially just that sour apple – the you know, the candy you're talking about, the sour apple candy, yeah. or yeah. specifically like the – kind of the, the lollipop or whatever the uh the caramel apple pop you know the one that just immediately takes out all of your fillings and, <laughs> and destroys your yeah. teeth like immediately you put it in your mouth and all of your every cavity emerges yeah. and every filling pops out and within seconds yeah it was that like <laughs> melted into a can and it was a little disgusting because it was like eating 17 of those at the exact same time uh in can in, in, in like soda form so it was, a, it was a little rough but uh
0: yeah it's funny though like you'll defend butterfingers though even though they destroy like you can't get that out of yeah, your teeth. no but either.
1: see that just gets stuck in your teeth these things just yeah. rip at your teeth like just destroy true.
0: your teeth like if you got a loose tooth it's coming out <laughs>
1: it's absolutely coming out yeah
0: it's coming out yeah um how'd we get here i have oh, no Kidani idea Slam- kadani slamming cokes yes
1: kadani slamming and cokes and, and i guess i could well i'll plug it later but uh mountain dew uh Review coming to uh, flagshippatreon.com as well. New purple thunder, Ooh. blackberry and plum. Joe is the uh what is it is being <laughs> said that it tastes like? Uh It doesn't taste like that, but I do give it a a very extensive review. But that'll people listen to that later. It's not up yet, but up soon.
0: Um, the resident chat know-it-all, the Swink, has informed us that uh, they dropped classic from the name after 2009.
1: Wow. See, I didn't think it would have lasted that long, but there you go. So. You should everybody. That, they, everybody should know what is good. But like you said, you you never underestimate how stupid people are. So,
0: yeah, that guy, the Swink, he just he does nothing but correct us for three hours. I know. He's the he's the he's the chat corrector. That's what he is.
1: Um, yeah, he so was he's, Rosemont Horizon explaining me last week, and I'm like, brother, yes. I've been to the Rosemont Horizon. Yeah. I know. Like, I'm doing a professional broadcast. I was okay? a I, Chicago Rush season ticket holder, man. All right, Arena Football. I know about the yeah. Rosemont Horizon. All right. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to do a live professional broadcast. Okay. I don't. I don't want to be uh, Han. You know, Hamba explained that I forgot he was a Triple Crown champion.
1: Yeah. How dare what? you? By the way.
0: I'll take the L on that one. I mean, you know.
1: You made was me think I was incredible. nuts because I was like, man, I swore he won the Triple Crown because that's always my go-to. And then, I, and then I was starting to remember, oh, my God, who else did I say that to? Like, it, it really kept me up almost all night thinking about, like, oh, man, I've always kind of said, ah, yeah, the most random Triple Crown guy is Hama because I'm so funny and he's giant and he's obese. And yeah. it's like, ah, he's hilarious. And it's like, hey, do you remember he was a Triple Crown winner? I've been telling people that for years. And then you were like, nah, I can't possibly be him. And I was like, what? Yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, now I'm an idiot. Now, like Alan Cudahy thinks I'm an idiot because I used to I, I referenced it once during a podcast we did together, and I was like, man, damn. But well, you were wrong. You don't want
0: to let so. you don't want to let Alan down.
1: No, right? and like, that's I, yeah, I felt bad about that for him to be like, because like the best thing about Alan is like you would say that on the show, and instead of just like interrupting you to tell you you were wrong, he would just be like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, deep down, he's like this idiot doesn't know what he's talking about, you know. And that's the more disappointing thing. And then you know him and Sarah. At, you know, at dinner, or t- are you like, yeah, hey, yeah? Rich said I was a triple yeah, <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm dinner conversation then, and then it's even more embarrassing.
0: Yeah, yeah. They're putting you down with Irish slang. You know, <laughs> right. things that don't even know act. what I'm
1: being called. Yeah,
0: yeah. Absolutely. Um, it's yeah. You don't want to disappoint Alan. It's just you know, that's just someone you don't want to disappoint no. anyway. No no, no, no. You know, but. Um, I get, you know, so we got the Swink, well, you know, Tony Rialli over here, correcting everybody. <laughs> and, uh, you know.
1: Does so. he still do that gimmick? Like, do people know who Tony Rialli is? I, I I don't watch that show anymore. Don't, so it, don't explain
0: sure. it. Don't explain it. Okay. Let it. Let it hang. Just right. let it hang in the air. Let it hang in the air. I'm just not so, sure if he's actually around he's,
1: anymore. That's it.
0: Step that boy. Yeah,
1: is you he know. still around? That's what I'm just Is he still, he's got to be in his, like, 40s now,
0: <laughs> No, well, he hosts Around the Horn.
1: Oh, he hosts it now. Okay,
0: well, good for him. No, no, no. He hosts Around the Horn.
1: Oh, that was part of the interruption. Right, Yeah, right, he was right. Stat
0: Boy on PTI. Oh, okay. And uh, then Kellerman years ago. Reality's been the host of Around the Horn at least a decade.
1: Yeah, time. I stopped watching those shows for, for a Don't while. Don't
0: worry. The Swink will be here to, to let us know exactly when that change took place. <laughs> um, but it's got to be around a decade at this point. But um, I, I, I think he's still Stat Boy on PTI as well. Okay, good for him. With the uh, corrections at the end of the show. So, listen. We're the professional. We don't have time to be right, okay? We just we got the takes. Come on yeah, here. the takes have
1: to come, man. We don't have time to yes. be looking stuff up. We got to be getting there's takes. There's no time on to here. be
0: accurate and correct. I mean, you know, uh, we just got to let them fly. <laughs> this is live. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Yep. Um, I don't know what. It, there's a lot to talk about, though.
1: I know. I I'm. I'm like. I don't want to get into it because it's all so. Also wild, but I guess we need to get into it. So this that that'll end the banter part of the show. But yeah, we have plenty, plenty to get to uh, tonight. We're gonna talk about Dragon Gate King of Gate. Uh, the opening round, opening night of the King of Gate tournament started. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, That's Japan... what you're. That... No, Hold no, on. I'm no. not leading off That's... with that. I'm teasing. I'm teasing, and then leading into the main topic. Chill out. What you're
0: leading with? No, King I'm. Of
1: Gate? I guess I'm doing a reverse. You're kind of
0: burying leads here. I'm
1: burying leads a little bit, but we'll get to it in a second. We're gonna the, we're I'm gonna go into the lead. Out. The lead's just gonna happen. It's just gonna. I know into the what lead.
0: you're doing. You're setting it up to to lead us into the to- right the topic. I know what you're doing.
1: But starting with yeah, Dragon Gate King of Gate opening round is, is, is maybe not the sexiest way to start. Roman Reigns is uh, going part time. How about that, Joe?
0: I approve of that. That's a that's a good one.
1: That's WrestleMania a, Backlash Premium topic. Live Event. Happened this weekend. Yeah, it was premium. It was live. It was an event, and we were going to talk about it. Uh, Champion Carnival well, Final. <laughs> it was well, Might be. A, yeah, it was live, and it was an event. But
0: <laughs> well, you you didn't even watch. I did you're, not. You're burying our gimmick. So Rich did not watch. No. <clears throat> WrestleMania Backlash TripleMania premium live event. He didn't even watch. It. I tried. No, you didn't. So
1: <laughs> it's not a. It was not well, a good effort. <laughs>
0: awful effort so what we're going to do here i watched the whole show i am going to review wrestlemania backlash premium live and of the review i am going to plant three lies and then at the end of the review rich is going to take his notes listen to me carefully and see if he can identify the three lies that I plant in the WrestleMania Backlash premium live event review. So we'll see if Rich is able to do that. Um, And that's how, because we're so tired of talking about these premium live events, when they come around each month, we are going to try to uh, spice this up. So um, Rich's laziness (laughs) and lack of effort for doing his job has led to a new bit here on the show, and if the bit is good, we'll continue.
1: Right, sure I might never, have to, never have to watch one of these fucking things again, yeah, which would be the best news ever, is that if, if this bit works, and I hope it does, I pray that it does, that I'm good forever, man. I never have to watch another one of these things, because we're not switching roles. That's your role, man. You're the lead man. I'm the guest. It's just yeah. going to work perfect that way. So, you watch them, and I will uh, try to, you know, I, I think this could work. I like it. Uh, I think it's a smart strategy.
0: So, The best part, the other good thing about this is the listener can play along with you, right? If they also haven't seen the Backlash Premium Live event. The what? But, uh, WrestleMania Backlash Premium Live event. Yes.
1: You call it Backlash for a second there. I just got confused what you were talking about.
0: Okay, now I'm going to remind these dopes later, but I'm going to say it now, too. If you're in the chat and you've seen the WrestleMania Backlash Premium Live event, don't type the lies out. Don't try to put yourself over like Vic Venom, okay? Because Rich is gonna see that in the chat room, and you're gonna ruin the game. So you can't. Don't don't be pointing out when you catch one of the lies if you watch the show, okay? Uh, don't be putting yourself over because you're gonna ruin the the, the 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 game if you do that. So I'll remind these guys again though, because you know, you know, Cedor is gonna come in here like a bull in a china shop, <laughs> and he's gonna be like, oh. That never happened on the show, you know, he's just gonna, so you gotta be, you know, I gotta let these guys
1: know. We will do that, that is coming up soon, Uh, Roman Reigns, as I said, we'll talk about that, Uh, Champion Carnival final, we'll get to the final, Uh, Joe's watched some other matches in Champion Carnival as well, so we'll finally catch up with that, Uh, and they also have uh, two big shows, All Japan has two big shows this weekend as well, so we'll talk about them uh, a bit, and, and some of the important matches uh, during that, uh, that weekend as well uh, But we're going to start out here with the story We have to, have to, have to start out with The insane story The thing that I don't even know where to begin Even describing or getting ready for the story It's just the Kota Ibushi situation We have been on top of this at FlagshipPatreon.com uh, Since it started I uh, started with several tweets that came out, people saying, "Hey, what the heck's going on here?" some translations, and then little by little it snowballed from there to wherever the hell we are right now. So, Joe, where do you want to start with this Kotobushi situation because there is a lot of shit going down, there's some stuff, maybe even more going down uh, every minute <laughs> that we're doing here and I don't know, are you monitoring the uh the uh the the, the Twitter sphere and the the your emails and all that sort of stuff because I feel like this this is the story that just every single time something new is happening. Almost on an hourly basis at this point, so I think we might have to have at least one eyeball on on uh, whatever's going on. But uh, yeah, this is an insane, insane story. Um, it doesn't look like it's going away anytime soon. W- where do you begin with co- this Kodabushi thing?
0: Well, the phone, My phone today wouldn't stop blow- My phone was blowing up today. Um, there, there, there's more coming. This story is not going to die. Um, you know, once Abushi started alluding to the yakuza and and dark happenings and things yeah. like that that um that is that that's reached the top of bushi road and there, there's some new stuff emerging that i'm not prepared to report yet because it you know this is it's now become a little more serious than you know uh telling people what title matches are going to be on the next pay-per-view and and and, and and wrestlers complaining about you know their Booker to me like this is stuff that I really need to. And look, I'm not a trained journalist, you know. What I mean, so it's like I gotta be extra careful when I when I report this stuff. But, Especially yeah. if it
1: involves the yakuza, <laughs> it's a probably well, a good I mean, time yeah. to also just be like ah, you know, just in case I'm gonna uh, wait until uh, things can kind of uh, work them way their way through. Yeah, I mean that was kind of the the big grenade launched on all of this stuff. I mean, there was a lot of just he said, she said, and a little bit of this, and a little bit of translation here and there, and just some, okay, you know, this guy was pissed about this guy for this, and this guy was pissed about this, and and then that bomb dropped a little bit earlier where Ibushi just referenced the Yakuza, and like you said, you know, dark the ages and dark things or whatever And when that happened it was kind of funny that there was There was a little bit of rumbling from other people in Japan You know kind of not necessarily a direct thing But a lot of subtweeting a lot of like Hey you know what you're like you got Hideki Suzuki Saying his stuff and I think I forgot what Hiroki Jodo okay, said let, yeah, Okay, okay.
0: Let, let me address that So um, the Okay A lot of the wrestlers in Japan Do not like the way Kota Ibushi is handling This even if they are On his side when it comes to uh, Yasuke Kakuchi. Okay, that's the other thing that emerged since I did my first report behind the paywall. As soon as I put that out, I had people inside New Japan who read the report contact me through a mutual friend, and they were concerned that my sources within the company were confusing th- two different Kikuchis inside the company. There's two Kikuchis, Rich. There is Yasuke Kikuchi, who is the office person, who's part of the office and is part of, um, you know, the booking team, his level of influence, uh, you know, to be debated. And we'll, I guess we'll get into that later. That's the guy that Abushi's mad at and who he's had heat with for a number of years, Yasuke Kikuchi. There's a second guy named Taisei Kikuchi who works in the merchandise department. And there was concern that my sources, or I through translations, or whatever the case, may have mixed those two men up, because part of the story was Abushi was annoyed years ago at the merchandise department because he felt he was being shortchanged on T-shirts. Right, right, right. Okay, but this Taisei Kakuchi, the second Kakuchi, he's a younger guy. He's in his twenties. He works. He's a graphic designer. Right. He's just
1: making the T-shirts. He has nothing to do with who's getting paid. What. When the T-shirts are, are sold and released or whatever,
0: correct. So it's highly unlikely that Abushi would have had beef with him. So through you know further talking to to people and following up and working through it, um, you know we were finally you know we're able to determine with almost near certainty that the person that Abushi is both communicating with and also has had all of this heat with that I talk about in the report is Yosuke Kakuchi. This guy. Is a pro wrestling lifer. He's been in the business for decades. He has a lot of friends both in Japan, in New Japan, and outside New Japan. Um, you know, in the report, I noted that at one point, because of issues with um, the merchandise and some issues with some other things, that he ended up being, hold on, I got to run in here. Um, yeah, they're fine. Sure they're fine. Yeah, 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 they're fine. But. The spots are fine. Yeah, they're fine. But I will tell you, can I give you an old restaurant uh, axiom? Can I give you one?
1: Are, are you talking to me now what? or the, uh, the TLB? No, I'm
0: talking to, talking to TLB.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: uh, uh, something we use in restaurants is when in doubt, throw it out. So I'm telling you I would eat those, but it ain't my stomach. You see what I'm saying? Pick it up when I'm laying down here. Yeah. Let me see them again. Yeah, I would eat these, but I'm also out of my mind. So, here's what I'm gonna say to you: When in doubt, throw it out. If you're not sure, don't eat them. You them? I mean, okay. You do what you got to do. I'm not gonna worry about the mushrooms. All right. Okay, that was an inopportune timing for that. But
1: <laughs> so, what are we? What are we debating here? Okay. The uh, yeah, what are we eating here? She brought up a crate of mushrooms and was like, "A crate of mushrooms, okay? Are these
0: still good?" And I'm like, "Well, they're
1: mushrooms, so no. Just throw them in the trash immediately. It's probably the best way to handle that." Well, you're not
0: a mushroom guy. Not a that's... mushroom guy. Um, they smell even... and
1: taste terrible? Yeah, sure. Throw them in the trash.
0: I mean, they were—they were. Look, they're on the borderline. In a day or two, they're not. I would say they're not. But you know, it's up to her.
1: Yeah, you like, It's kind of the same relationship I have with the nurse in terms of like food. Cause she'll like look at it and be like, ah, I don't know, it doesn't look that good. And I'm like, all right, if it's like meat or something, I'm like, ah, just I you know, put an extra couple minutes in the, in the oven, you know, throw it in the microwave for. Like, I, I'll I'll stretch the limits a little bit more uh, than she will. That applies to fruit as well. I'm like, ah, you can eat around it; it's not that big of a deal. But but yeah, there there are certain like anything dairy related. If it gets pretty close or it smells kind of funky, I'm I'm good. But I feel like I, you can tell the line with meat a little bit. You can tell the line with vegetables and fruit a little bit. It's it's not too bad, to, you know. Eat around a little bit of, you know. A little gooey. That's all right. You can make that work. So.
0: Well, Thursday's her salad night because I mean she can't boil water. So if I'm doing the show, she has to fend for herself. So she so she makes Thursday salad night. So she just makes a giant salad, you know, and, and she'll she she wasn't sure about the mushrooms. So she came up here with the mushrooms and that's what that was all about. Um I don't think she's going to eat them. I think she's going
1: to throw them out. She did not. She seemed indifferent to it. She was hoping that you would say, no, they're terrible. Because she thought they were terrible. Yes. When you said, yeah, they're yeah. good. She's still going to throw them out. There's no chance those things are going in the salad. So. I,
0: look, I'm not eating them, so I'm leaving it in her hands. It's up to her. Those I mean, you know. um, You know. She never goes to work anyway. I mean, she's got a job where they get like a billion, like, <laughs> fucking. You'd think she works in Europe. Like, they just. She never has to go to work. It's incredible. Um. So, like, she she calls out so much. It's just – it's crazy to me because I never worked jobs where, like, you just never had to go and they would still pay you. It's, it's pretty fucking wild. I'm like, why aren't you – I'll wake up. I'll be like, why aren't you at work? She's like, oh, I, I called out. I'm like, oh, you're not feeling well? She's like, no, I just told them I needed a personal day. <laughs> I
1: just don't want to go to work. Yeah, that's – Like,
0: what the fuck is that? Like, what? You can do that? I'm pretty jealous, yeah. Your, you can just call your boss and say, uh, I'm not coming in. Why? That's eh, personal. Like you can put that, that's like a thing you can say. That's, I've never heard of such a thing, but anyway, um, what were we talking about? Oh, the two Kikuchis. Two Kikuchis. Okay.
1: Yeah. Neither oh. of which, by the way, neither of which is the famous pro wrestling Kikuchi that you probably thinking, oh, I know. No, it's not that Kikuchi either.
0: Yeah. No, I just, yeah, no, 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 no. It's not the former fucking all Japan guy. This Tiyoshi, is uh, Yoshi.
1: Kikuchi, right?
0: Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, this is, uh, I just gave the two yes, yes. Just, just Just in case, guys.
1: just in case. Is that that Kikuchi is, I think, well he was as of last year still wrestling. He's not wrestling. That'd
0: yet, be a but. twist. But uh no, he Yusuke Kikuchi is the guy that we're uh we're dealing with here. Not Taisei Kikuchi, the merch guy. And there was only confusion because the other Kikuchi happens to work in merch. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I
1: do yeah, and it's like, yeah, the people wanted oh. to make sure that Kotobushi wasn't mad at like a graphic designer guy. Or <laughs> so, that yeah.
0: my or that the wrestlers that we're in communication with weren't confused as well.
1: Correct, right? correct.
0: So, but we got all that worked out. The other points of contention from, but of what I reported and, and then, you know, what was discussed later is there's, it it's uncertain whether he was let go in 2019. Like I say, in the report, I have wrestlers insisting that at one point he was let go during the Harold May regime, but there are other people in the company who say that is absolutely not true. And he's any, he, and he never left the company. Um, uh, but, I think I've kind of figured out where that confusion came from too. When he left the company, he was immediately hired by the TV station that has partial ownership in New Japan. So a lot of the wrestlers and a lot of people in the company may not have even realized that he wasn't with New Japan anymore. Cause he was always still around. Cause he was doing wrestling related content for the TV, uh, for the TV station, which I have in the report, actually that's exactly what it says. So, the bottom line here is when you're gathering information for these kinds of stories, especially when you're dealing with people who speak different languages, English is a second language, dealing with translations in some cases. If you talk to 10 people you know, over a pro wrestling story, you're going to get seven vaguely similar stories that have minor details that are different. And you're going to get three completely off the wall versions of the story. Like if you talk to 10 people. Throw in the fact that now we're all speaking different languages and, and you know, the, the variance for minor details getting confused or mixed up uh, raises exponentially. So the good thing is I spent, you know, a half a day the other day going through back and forth through this mutual friend and working a lot of this stuff out. But the gist of the story is that Ibushi has longstanding heat with Kikuchi. And it only got amplified over the last year or so, um, you know, with these various injuries and ailments that Ibushi has had, where in some cases he wanted to wrestle and the company doctors and Kikuchi uh, snuffed that out. And in other cases, he didn't want to wrestle and he felt like Kakuchi was pressuring him to come back before he was ready. That's the case with Wrestle Kingdom, where um, he gets injured at the G1. And then he felt Kikuchi was very disrespectful to him and said to him in a very disrespectful tone, we expect you back for Wrestle Kingdom. Right, right. And in fact, you know, Gato got the go-ahead to run an angle on on the December, uh, I think it was the World Tag League Best of the Super Junior Final, maybe. I forget what show it was, but there was a show in mid-December where they booked an angle where Ibushi was going to come back as a big surprise and cut a promo and set up a uh, Wrestle Kingdom match. But they yanked that angle at the last minute because Abushi could not—he could not wrestle. He was his, his shoulder was still too fucked up to wrestle. So that was an instance where the company wanted him back, and he didn't want to come back because he felt like he wasn't ready. And and for people that don't
1: know, this consistent with something you did, I just made sure that I found it Uh, five months ago. New Japan update, Kotobushi, Shibata, best of the super juniors, yada, yada, yada. I quote, Kotobushi was tentatively scheduled to appear on today's show, presumably to either set up a match or announce his return for Wrestle Kingdom. The appearance was pulled a few weeks ago as the company is still not 100 percent certain he'll be medically cleared in time for the first week of January. The tentative plan is still for Ibushi to return at Wrestle Kingdom. But until that can be set in stone, nothing will be announced. So that is completely consistent with what you reported five months ago.
0: So you could see five months ago, I reported behind the paywall that they were going to run an angle on this show and they had to pull it because he wasn't ready and that from the company point of view, they were still holding out hope that he'd be ready three weeks later or whatever it was for Wrestle Kingdom. That's with no knowledge of what was to come.
1: Right, no idea that this thing was happening, what we're talking about now happening. That's completely sad. That's just at that time, hey, Kota's coming back. Wait, no, he's not coming back. That's all. But five months ago, exactly the same thing that you've heard now today, as people are kind of right. reiterating what's going on.
0: Right. So you can see that there was validity to that then. We just didn't know the huge problem that it was going to be all tied into later. So this is consistent with our reporting on this going back to 2021. Um, but yeah. So you know, it's it's not a case of the company wanting him to wrestle hurt or him. Or 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 a wanting to come back when he's hurt and the company not wanting him to. It's not that black or white. There's instances of both all along, you know, all along the while. When he had the uh lung issue when he was ill, he wanted to come back, and New Japan wouldn't let him for the July paper. The July Tokyo Dome Show, the match against uh Shingo. Okay, I forget what the name of that show was, but it was the July Tokyo Dome Show. The company snuffed that out. The uh, Wrestle Kingdom, Abushi wasn't ready. The company wanted him to work Wrestle Kingdom, but he wasn't ready. New Japan Cup, Abushi wanted to come back. Told him he was ready to come back. They booked him. They put him in the bracket, and then uh, Kikuchi snuffed that out because one of the doctors had a minor concern, and in Kikuchi's mind, that was enough to yank him. And that's when Abushi got frustrated and said, "Fuck this! This guy's constantly fucking with me. It's always one thing or another." And and you know that's initially where he walked. He stopped communicating with the company. Then he went to the just tap out show, and Kikuchi contacted him to question him on it. And that is when this whole thing blew up, and Abushi went public with all of the messages from Line, and all of that. So, um, you know, but the New Japan Cup was the last kind of like the last straw for him, and then being questioned on appearing at the JTO show was where he decided to just blow the whole thing up and go public. And circling back to what you said before, it's not just wrestlers outside the company who are subtweeting him, you know, like Hideki Suzuki and I think uh, Suji Ishikawa, if I'm not mistaken, a few others, but wrestlers inside the company, even his allies inside of New Japan, don't approve of the way he's handling this in such a public manner. A lot of them feel like, he should be handling it privately or going up the chain of command, which he eventually did because he did go to Gato, and I think Abushi even tweeted that he went to Gato. I don't uh, even think
1: that's yeah random. yeah. There's been so many random tweets out yeah. there and, and translations, but I think that that yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that that. But at the
0: time, that wasn't. Pu- it's public now, but he right, went right. to Gato, and then Gato was trying to play peacemaker between the two. Um, and obviously now with he's just totally unloading the Yakuza stuff, and now it's getting really ugly. And now, you know, people way up the ladder in Bushy Road who aren't who aren't even necessarily involved in the wrestling end of it are involved, and in it's just an ugly, ugly mess that's probably gonna have many chapters unfold long after this live show ends and people listen to it days from now. So just for um, you know clarity, we're recording this at you know Thursday night at eight o'clock central. So um I don't know, Rich, do you wanna throw questions at me or now the uh, okay, so what also was thrown in? Th- this was a big one too, where Abushi referred to Kikuchi as the Booker. Okay, now this is an area where myself and Joel from the Super J Cast respectfully disagree. And this is another example of you talk to different sources, you get slightly different stories. Right, That's right, just the right. way it is pro wrestling. Now, to be fair to the J Cast, they have preached for a long time. I don't know whether publicly or not, but at least you know privately and whatnot that um gato wasn't necessarily the singular person the booker in charge and that there was someone else and um you know it turns out now that it's all public that it was this kikuchi guy all i can tell you is what people wrestlers inside the company and people inside the company communicate to me and to us and rich can step in if, you know, he has ever heard of anything different But I have never heard from anyone From inside the company That Gato is anything other than The final word and the decision maker And the quote-unquote booker
1: No, and that's the now, same thing I've heard and, there, and there's been some people that have speculated Well, that's because, you know, oh, you're talking to Western You know, you're talking to, uh, you know, foreign well, you New would Japan wrestlers mistaken. Yeah, and that's and that's not the case Like, I, And I had to yeah. point blank, like, I forget if I said it on Discord Or whatnot, that no, I have I have talked to or seen messages from native japanese wrestlers talking about gato being that final chain of command it's not just western wrestlers it's not just american wrestlers It's not just english wrestlers because i could get that that happened a long time with dragon gate there was this this law and we we've talked about on this show before where at some point genki horiguchi became like people just accepted that he was the booker of dragon gate and he would get you know votes for booker of the year whatever and then we come to find out that the only thing that genki horiguchi really did was he was the liaison for the American wrestlers, so the American wrestlers would say, yeah, so Genki told me to do this, or Genki told me to do that, and then people just wrongfully assume that that was Genki Horiguchi, you know, being the booker, and none of that wasn't, he was just the guy that was being told to tell, you know, the, the English wrestlers, hey, this is what we, you know, this is what we want, or whatever, and that's not the case at all, that's not what I have heard here, I have heard straight up Japanese wrestlers, I've seen straight up Japanese wrestlers say, Gato, you know, mention Gato as that final chain of command, so... Yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. I, I, again, it well, maybe... Well, I,
0: I could tell you... Well, uh, let yeah. me just frame it to you this way. With this particular story, the Ibushi story, um, we have not been in communication with a single American or foreign wrestler. It's all native wrestlers, on the mm-hmm. all native Japanese wrestlers who, who we're getting this information from. So... Um, and look, it, it, the thing is, it's not... It's not just one singular guy that's like if you if you've been reading our our reports going back as long as we've been doing them, you know, there's multiple voices in the room.
1: Right. And I think that maybe that's the important thing that we need to kind of now that now we uh, maybe officially know right now that it's not just when we give 100 percent credit for everything being booked. It's not just Gato. And, And I think that's that's probably largely what Joel has been kind of saying but maybe people misinterpreted that maybe me. Joel's we mis-
0: contention is I'll tell you what Joel's contention is from and listen and this is not shitting on Joel or his sources but this is what I mean you could hear different things from different people what what Joel has been hearing all along is that there's a there's, there's, a, there's a person who plots out the long term storytelling in New Japan and that person is not Gato not that Gato doesn't have any power not that Gato right, isn't correct, correct right but that's, that is different than what we've heard. And I, and again, that's not me disputing him. That's just me telling my listeners and my paying customers what the wrestlers in the company tell me. If Joel's being told something different, he has a responsibility to tell his listeners what he's being told. That's why I say we respectfully disagree on the level of power that Kikuchi has versus Gato or whatnot. But what I'm saying is there's multiple people in the room Dick Togo has been gaining a lot of influence, and anyone who who pays for our paywall knows that. Okay, Gado was Gato's, you know, right hand man, second in command, whatever you want to call him, for many years, and he's still a voice in the room. Okay, um, you know this Kikuchi is a there's, you know, but what we've always what's always been consistent, no matter who we talk to, Japanese wrestlers, American wrestlers, uh, people that work for the company and especially from the wrestlers themselves, is that it's always Gato's final word. You know, Gato was the one who made the final decision on when to pull the trigger on the Bullet Club War a couple of months back. We reported that behind the paywall. You know, there, you know, uh, Togo and, and Jado were pushing for it, and it was going to happen eventually. And Gato, when Gato said, okay, we're doing it, and we're doing it next week at Corkin or whatever, that's when it happened. Uh, you listen to Tony Khan this week. And he's talking to media, media interviews how, you know, he's putting together of the Forbidden Door show with who? With Gato, not with Tiktogo, not with Kokuchi, not with some mystery Wizard of Oz shadow booker, with Gato. Um, you listen to, uh, like you referred to earlier, you know, the American wrestlers always say that Gato is the one that they communicate and who books them and is the booker. And it's not a Gucci situation because we speak to the Japanese wrestlers communicate to us and we get information from the Japanese wrestlers and they all say, so I can only tell my listeners what we're told from the locker room and that it's Gato. Um, you know, uh, it, so unless you know the company has some secret shadow booker behind the scenes, uh, you know, pulling Gato strings, I mean, I, you know, the, the wrestlers themselves are under the impression that that he's the, he's the sitting in the big seat, you know, but the way I think of it is this rich, you know, again, we're dealing with people who are English as a second language or who don't speak English at all. and Or, you know, they're being translated. Yeah. And all that.
1: Through Google translate or whatever, which so, is always dangerous,
0: but you know, a lot of our 99% of people that we have gotten information from in the new Japan locker room speak English. I mean, you know, we have to clean it up sometimes and, you know, cause sometimes there's, uh, you know, uh, what am I, what am I trying to say? There's like uh, well,
1: sentence structure issues and yeah yeah, 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 minor yeah, things yeah. like you that. You can't use exact quotes because the sentences right not do always I make something. sense. But it the, I, the 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 subject and the you know the the purpose of this of the sentence you can always get gather. It's just yeah, maybe the words are in kind of a weird order, or wrong order, yeah. or there's not and I, and there's, I, no, I, there's no conjunctions I, I, being properly used. Or that's fine. That's okay. That's a little stuff.
0: I generally try to note that. I'll if I quote someone directly, I always say okay. I may have cleaned up transition words or whatever. But um okay, think of it this way. If a if a Japanese fan who does not speak English, okay, wanted to know who book, who was the booker of WWE. And I explained through a translator that, well, Vince McMahon has the final say and is the owner, but then there's
1: There's Ryan uh, Ward and Dewey then Foley. Ryan, <laughs> then, there's,
0: then there's Ryan Ward who writes raw, and then there's Bruce Pritchard who filters idea. And then that gets translated back to, to this Japanese guy who doesn't speak English. Who knows what's going on? I don't know what's the, what the translator is communicating or taking from that. And then if 10 different people you know, hear that, like four of them might come away thinking Ryan Ward's the booker. Three of them might come away thinking it's Bruce Pritchard. And the others might think it's Vince McMahon. I think that's what's happening here. Okay, when it comes to, it's like, there's a bunch of people doing this job, and it's it's interpretive. It's interpretive. But I can only tell my listeners what I am told from the wrestlers. And that has been unequivocally, every time, 100%. And, I've, and I directly I, – you know what? I can read you a quote because no one will possibly know who's saying it. But I'll read you because I asked – we asked, what is the difference? Can you break down the difference between Kikuchi and Gato? And if you give me a second, I can pull this up. Um, I could find it okay, it's right here. So, and this is a Japanese wrestler in the locker room, a Japanese contracted wrestler. Um, that's not it. Hold on one second.
1: No worries, yeah. Take your time.
0: But this is the kind of thing I'm talking about where, um, Okay, here we go. So, there's a lot of confusion about. Okay, so can you tell me something about Kikuchi? There's a lot of confusion about him since Abushi's tweets, and this is the response. I'm quoting the wrestler now. He is a senior office guy. He has worked in different roles like booking and talent management. So then we ask, Abushi called him the Booker and matchmaker, and then the wrestler responds, he is one of the Booker. And then we ask, but who has more power, Kikuchi or Gato? And the wrestler, direct quote, Gato-san, of course, ha 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 ha, ha. I'm just reading the quote. Right, right, right. So just like a, laughable, it's a laughable
1: idea that Kikuchi is on an equal level yes. or, or above Gato in that in that respect. So
0: so that's all, all I'm saying is, at least to this wrestler.
1: Right. It'd be like you saying, hey, is Ryan Ward or Vince McMahon more important to WWE? And someone would be like, what, Vince? Are you bingo. kidding? What are you talking about?
0: Yeah, exactly. That's almost a perfect comparison. Or someone, you know, questioning Bruce Prichard versus Vince McMahon. It's Vince, so uh, this person laughed off the idea that Kikuchi was more powerful than Gato. Now, again, is it possible that this wrestler is just ignorant to the power structure because he's just a wrestler, and why would he be privy to it? And that, you know, JCAS sources are are more in tune. Of course, that's fine. but that this is why I say I respectfully disagree. I can only say what I've been told. But the wrestler goes on to say. Kakuchi Sans Booking Power. But again, it reads a little weird. But came more recently after entry of Dick Togo, but before that, he had almost no power in creative side and just give booking team suggestion how to book for business is what it says. That's just verbatim. Um, so there you go. I mean, that's just a taste of it's it's not like we don't ask the questions. When this Kakuchi stuff came up, I dug. So I can only tell you what I'm told, and that's always been consistent. Um, that it's Gato. So who knows? But um, that's just some of the stuff that came up since I wrote the report. The two Kikuchi's, the dispute over whether or not he ever officially left the company or not, which we still never got a straight answer on. There's some people who insist he was never let go when his contract ran out in 2019 by the May regime. And then there's other people who insist his contract was allowed to run out because Harold May didn't like him. And when Dick Togo, came back to the company because this guy goes back many years with Togo and Gato and all those guys. And with Harold May out of the way, they got him back in. So there's two different strains of thought there. The point is, even if he was gone from the company, it was only for like a year or a little less than a year before they eventually um, got Kikuchi back in. And that is who Abushi has been beefing with, with the screenshots from line. And he's the guy who, yeah, he does have some power because he's the one ultimately making a lot of these calls whether Abushi is going to wrestle on these shows or not. Or at least, you know, they take him under advisement on those things. Even Abushi himself, when he mentioned going to Gato, it was, you know, we had a, an English, a native, uh, someone from, who speaks English as a first language who has lived in Japan, who said they interpreted that as Abushi saying he's going to someone more powerful when he said yes. he was going to Gato. You know, Right. So there's that aspect. So I don't know. I, you know. So the Booker <laughs> thing. Dave Meltzer says unequivocally he's always told been told that Gato's the Booker, but it's interesting that Western fans are super interested in that. You know, I had that conversation with with Joel too. It's like Western fans are fascinated with that aspect of it. Meanwhile. We have this superstar wrestler who might be on his way out of the company. He's throwing around yakuza
1: accusations. <laughs> right? Who gives a shit who's book in the company? What is this giant
0: scandal? And we're all wrapped up in who's who and who decides who goes over in the opener and destruction and bipu. I mean, that's not what's kind of <laughs> I know, yeah, like, important here. Uh, you know? And That's
1: what I was gonna say. Let Let's get down to the actual like meat and potatoes of what this is all about. I mean, this is this is Kodobushi essentially going scorched earth. He, he's not been happy with you know, the response that he's gotten from uh, Kikuchi. He's not been re- happy with a lot of what's been going on in New Japan and, and has decided, like you said, much of the chagrin of, of even his own allies in the company and has just decided he's going scorched earth on Twitter uh, in just a series of tweets over the course of now, and we're, what, three days into this, we're just a- every minute after minute is this and um, sharing screenshots and sharing this and, and sharing that and just, yeah, it, it is... It's wild. It is a pretty wild thing. It, it, it does feel like we're absolutely, and this is this is even before, and we'll get to the Yakuza thing here in a bit. It felt like even before this that we were at a point of no return, where it felt like impossible that Ibushi would ever come back. And I think he even referenced like, ah, "Ha ha I'm gonna get fired" or like something like that. So th- before, let's 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 ignore the uh, Yakuza thing for a bit. We'll get to that in a sec. Like just what we knew from a couple days ago, and just what we knew when you when your report came out, like. This felt like this is the end. Like that when you go like this and you go this hard and and this aggressive, there's almost no coming back. It feels like it's almost impossible for a Kumbaya moment where they get him in the room and they say, "Oh, hey, sorry, man. Oh, we made a mistake. You made a mistake. Let's move on." Um I felt like that's going to be almost impossible to do. And then now after today's thing with the Yakuza, we're done. That that we're, we there's to me there's almost no way A that this thing goes away in any time soon and B that Kotabushi is just welcome back with open arms. Uh, to new japan again i mean just trying to insinuate that there are you know scandals and yakuza involvement even even jokingly even saying it as like a haha joking manner uh you just can't do that in 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 japan so uh this this feels untenable this feels like this and, is pu- not going to end thro- well
0: andy publicly threw the guy he threw kakuchi under the bus right right right, right. which which was another one of the reasons why allegedly his contract wasn't renewed because the company knew that Because the wife went to the company, allegedly, and complained that he had been cheating on her. And you know, in Japan, that stuff's taken a little different than it is here. Oh um, yeah, so here it it's
1: another, just like ah, boys will be boys or whatever. Like you are punished. I mean, people don't don't. If you weren't around for New yeah. Japan when the time when the Taiichi thing came out, like that was yeah. a big scandal. And New Japan Which ties into this as well. Yeah, New Japan basically said, dude, you're gonna get like. I mean, they treated him like absolute shit for. months. I forget what they did
0: with him. Didn't they suspend him too? They
1: suspended him, and that. then and then eventually and 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 smartly, the reason you have the Taiichi you have now is because he kind of leaned into that when he came back. Is after they suspended him or whatever it was, I forget. He definitely got punished. I forget exactly what got punished. But then when he came back, then he started playing the character a little bit more. Of okay, well, let me kind of ch- lean into this a little bit more because I can't be the good, clean cut, you know, kid anymore. Like that's done. I I have I've brought great shame to you know, <laughs> and 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 Taka. It goes without. Real. I mean, he was another guy as well that got caught up in that, and it just did not go well uh, at well, all. Well, he for had Taka. to
0: give up his he had to give up his promotion. Right. <laughs> that's what I mean. That's like. why just tap out exists because <laughs> right, he had. Right. Yeah. So, but, but, but.
1: So but, it's not a boys will be boys. Bruce, ah, she you know, uh, in America, well, God only yeah, knows what it would another, be. Yeah.
0: And that's another aspect of it because he publicly threatens. Well, and then he threatened to publicly call this guy out for his um, extramarital affairs. Which, and by the way,
1: you're doing he, that. If you threaten to call him out for it, you're doing it.
0: Well, then he posted everything anyway. So yeah. he did. And, you know, which allu- referring to him and. Taka and Taiichi is the cheaters gang, which is the way it was described to me. Because th- he's tight with Taka and Taiichi as well. Uh, Kakuchi. and Abushi has has on again, off again heat with Taka, from what I understand, um, which is on again at the moment. Um, and I, you know, I was told that you know Abushi does have his allies, but he also he's got heat with a lot of people in a lot of places, inside and outside of New Japan. And he's an eccentric guy, you know, and and you know whether it's justified or not, he seems to be very. He seems to have very strict morals. I mean, he doesn't like that these guys cheat on their wives or get involved in, you know, um, those type of scandals. And he's, you know, he, you know, so I'm not saying whether the guy's right or wrong. I'm just telling you what I'm told. And, you know, I'm not even passing any kind of judgment on any of the three instances where he was hurt or not hurt. They want him to come back. He wants to come back. I'm just telling you how I was told, what I was told. Um and it's weird because a lot of hardcore, like, abushi fans are treating it like I'm slandering the guy. And I didn't. I mean, if you read it, it's it's more sympathetic to him than it is to Kakuchi uh, the report that I wrote. Because, you know, without giving away sources, which I would never do, I mean, the people I'm getting info from are, are, are closer to Ibushi. Yeah, you know? I, I,
1: by like, the way, the, one second, one second. Can I can I reference that? Because there's a lot of people that say, well, until they tell their sources, I'm not going to believe them. Fuck, that's not how it fucking works, dude. All right. That's not especially how journalism fucking works, especially not in wrestling, but especially not in anything. Woj doesn't say when he d- drops a Woj bomb. I heard from, you know, ex, right. uh, you know, uh, uh, executive in the Grizzlies organization that, you know, no, they don't do that, That's not how journalism works. So, no, we're not going to give you our fucking sources. And if you don't believe us, then that's fine. We'll just keep being right about everything that we report. And we'll just keep, you know, you'll keep looking like a goofball and we'll keep looking right. And then the next time this comes around, you could say, well, I'm not going to believe anything until I know who their sources are. You're not going to know who our sources are. That's that's not how journalism works. That's not how anything works. You cannot do that. You will lose all credibility. You will never have another source again, it, ever. It, <laughs> that's not I, how I really, journalism and reporting works. Shut <laughs> up. Go, Stop asking I, I, for that.
0: Well, thank you, Rich. But I didn't want to go down the road to defending myself because that comes off defensive and everything. But it's like, just use your brain. How did we have the December thing in real time and then – just so happens, you know, it all matters. Well, now. you're you're a gambler,
1: you, Joe, and you are. I I gotta say, you are quite the prognosticator lately. Right yeah, you right. are. <laughs> hey, uh, that schedule just came out in the NFL. You want to? There's some early odds I can get if you can uh, DM me after this and let me know what you're thinking. with the Swami <laughs> Joe has mean, over there thinks about this?
0: I reported for months that No guy was rubbing people the wrong way, and and people were starting to be on him, and it and it was you know allowing talent to run over him. And I, and again I'm getting all of this from wrestlers in the locker room. And and people, you know, oh this is all full of shit, it's all made up. And then the guy gets removed, <laughs> right. proving everything that right. I was saying was was accurate.
1: Keep being right, but okay. Yeah, and
0: it's right. like you know and, and and it's still it's like this thing, oh he's guessing and it's like there <laughs> there's there were there's been two people translating Obushi's tweets and they've been doing a, a great job. There's two different translators out there, primary ones that have been breaking down everything down and being very careful and explaining where they might not be understanding things 100% and really doing a great job with the translations. And I appreciate all the work that – and I think we all do – that these translators are doing and whatnot. And one of them actually said, hey, I read the report, and it kind of makes sense based on what I'm reading with the tweets. But there's another translator out there who's just – dragging us through the mud and they make things up and don't believe anything they say and um you know i, I you know and, and all of this and and they make things up they fat and it's like i don't understand what what is why like why you, how do you know you don't know who we talk to i mean <laughs> right. i appreciate the fact that you're doing these translation and, and it's very helpful for everyone but you know no offense but you're not talking to the people we <laughs> right, are right you know, you don't – this person doesn't understand how foolish they sound when they say that, you know, we're just fabricating things and making them up and do not trust Voices of Wrestling because, you know, they're, they're misleading information where, you know, I appreciate the translated tweets. I genuinely do. But you're translating tweets from one person in the story who also is a very eccentric person. We would all agree with that. Who also – anyone who speaks Japanese agrees is very – hard to understand even if you know the language because he just that that's the way he communicates and you know and then on top of that he's a pro wrestler so you know it's hard to distinguish when he's working and when he's not and you know it's it's like that's hard with any pro wrestler so um i don't know i just i i you know i i think it's kind of disrespectful to sit here and say that we're just making things up out of thin air when you know, I mean, look at it, look at the Will Osprey story. I got all of that right.
1: <laughs> well, like, I am I am led to believe that you in fact got it all wrong, and uh, I'm yeah, just going to continue people... going on that. They're like, ah, see, they said that Will was going to NXT UK. No, he said the opposite. <laughs> you dummy. No,
0: Fumi Sayeto said he was going to NXT. <laughs> yeah, UK. We did
1: not. We said Via Priestley I... is, but Will is not following her, which was and right. Then I, <laughs>
0: yeah. And then I dug into it because it sounded suspicious, and I'm not again. No offense to Fumi Saito. I know how he got told that. Because the the, the wrestlers, and this is because I, I got information from the roster itself. Wrestlers on the roster didn't understand the difference between NXT, NXT UK. And because Will was British and because he was having problems with the company, there were wrestlers in the company speculating that he might go to NXT UK because he's British. And oh, well, Will's having problems with the company. Maybe he'll end up. And then, you know, through telephone game that ends up, you know, FU... someone told Fumi that. So then he went on his podcast and just shared that speculation. It just came from an ignorance on the roster of not understanding how WWE hierarchy works. They would never sign Will Osprey and put him on NXT UK. I mean, it's absurd. <laughs> no. But the Japanese wrestlers don't know that because they don't, how can they? They Why don't know they? what they NXT UK
1: mention? is. Like mo- Like most human beings, they don't know what NXT UK is.
0: And then the deeper I dug, the more I saw that that was just roster speculation because random roster members who aren't friends with Will weren't in communication with him. And they thought – but then everything else we reported about that story turned out to be 100% correct. And yet there's still people out there saying that Voices of Wrestling said Will Ospreay was going to NXT UK, which is the complete opposite of what we said. But again, I didn't want to do this whole defensive thing, but Rich, you got me worked up. But well, I'm just, glad, yeah, I well, I, I
1: just, better. I love the, like, well, until they reveal their sources, I'm not going to believe it. Uh, well, it okay. Which is utter nonsense. Then, I mean, then forget it then. You're never going to believe us then because we're never going to tell you who our sources are. Well, they you're, should you're, share you're, the screenshots. Not going to do that either.
0: That so. means you're a child. Yeah, it means you're 14
1: years works. old and that's not how you, the real world but, works, so no.
0: But I mean, I, I really didn't want to go down that road. But the point is, um, the story's behind the paywall, $5 tier, um. You know, again, it's it's. there's been so much since then. Uh, The Yakuza stuff, those accusations aren't good because those are being taken very seriously. And, um, you know, there's stuff I'm just learning about now that I'm not prepared to put my name on, basically. I might write something up this weekend if I get more concrete. Um, You know, that's the other thing. You know, if I just went behind the paywall and wrote every little fucking telephone whisper I ever heard, I mean, you know, people would have a point because I could – Rich, how much shit can we put behind that paywall that we just randomly hear? Oh yeah, but yeah. we don't because it's just unverifiable garbage, and it's not the right thing to do. Um, so who knows? I might have another report this weekend. I'm being very, very careful now, though, because now it's you know I I don't even want to get into it, but this isn't going away. Um, you know, and and you know we all learned a little something. I think we all learned of the existence of Yusuke Kikuchi, number one. Um, you know, we're all learning a little bit about you know uh, how much level of power he has and whatnot, and he's obviously an important player who wields some influence. And um, you know, it, it brings up a lot of questions. You know, did the company pressure him to come back before Wrestle Kingdom? It sure looks like they did, at least from his point of view. They did. Um, has the company jerked them around some? From his point of view, it sure looks like they have. And a lot of the wrestlers have co-signed that and said that they don't like this guy. He has his allies mostly older guys. Um, mostly you know guys in the office, uh, some of the old Noah crew because he's worked on, you know all throughout pro wrestling for many years. So he has some allies, but a lot of the younger wrestlers and a lot of are don't like this guy and um, you know now it's and, and now Ibushi, who seemingly is convinced that he no longer has a future with new Japan is really threatening to expose a lot of stuff that you know may or may not ultimately end up being true and if a lot of it is true heads are going to roll mm-hmm. i mean shit could potentially hit the fan this weekend in new japan and you know we can see a complete shift in 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 uh in who yields the power in that company we could see people lose their jobs i mean because these are not accusations uh that are being taken lightly and you know i also we've been hearing that abushi has been making more of an effort to go through the more official channels with some of his complaints now so that's good um but you know uh it's a wild story rich do you have any questions or follow-ups yeah i would just say i mean the listeners might care about yeah i think just
1: the the biggest thing that maybe a lot of people say is you know why did abushi decide that this was the way that he had to go about this like what 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 led to him deciding you know to do this, and I think that it, it, it's it's a little more of a delicate thing, at least in my sense, and then, then I'll kind of get your thoughts on it. To me, Kotobushi, we know he's an eccentric guy. He's a very interesting, weird at times. He, he, he He's kinda, an odd thinker. Yeah, odd he's, thinker. And, and this is not anything that's new. I mean, this has been Kotobushi from the moment that we all first discovered Kotobushi. For for some of us, it was a decade ago. For some of us, it was 15 years ago. For some people, it's five years ago. No matter when you first learned of Kotobushi, when you first found out about Kotobushi... There's and, and in some in in some ways it's a charm to him you know what I mean is that he is just a he's an odd fella you know he's an odd cat he, he 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 marches to the beat of his own drum for sure and and there, he's done he a little, he
0: lives twenty five hour days right I
1: mean, like like there's those interviews yeah. and there's those clips and there's those hilarious things where you know he's mentioning about how many hours in the day there are and her she's like what the fuck are you talking about dude and like he's strange the man gets lost at airports the man. Quits jobs out of nowhere like this is not even the first time that he's had this thing with New Japan. I mean this, uh, and I reported it or I talked about it, I should say, uh, in a Patreon uh, episode I did about the G1 finals and all that sort of stuff about Kodobushi, um, where Abushi just you know if people don't remember, many many years ago he was signed to a dual contract in New Japan and DDT. He had done a ton of stuff in New Japan for years and years and years, best of the Super Juniors, other G1 tournaments, all that sort of stuff, and New Japan decided, hey, we want this guy, but we don't want to you know take him away from DDT. Um, so we're gonna sign him to a dual contract, quote unquote, that eventually just ended up turning more into you know Abushi being a New Japan guy, but he still had obligations at ET, so he'd do both and and yada, yada yada and all that sort of stuff, and then eventually he kind of just said, hey, I'm I'm done. I don't want to do any of this anymore. I'm done. I quit. Uh, I'm getting burnt out. I'm 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 done. And that's when we had the you know Abushi Research Institute, and then there was. Gifts of Abushi wrestling some dummy In like a warehouse or whatever And people are like what the fuck is this guy what's going on here And then he you know he'd pop up in big Japan Or he'd pop up here and he'd pop up in random places And then he randomly appears in New Japan again But as Tiger Mask W but then He's just doing Kotobushi moves while wearing A tiger mask and then he just kind of comes back to New Japan And then he signs a quote unquote lifetime contract And 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 there's the DDT I mean like he, the guy has done a ton of weird stuff And then you know he doesn't trust books He I wore, I sleep 25 hours in a day Like his quotes are very strange he's he's a very eccentric guy in a lot of ways it's probably the best way I can put it and for some people they'll see that as him being like oh it's it's funny it's cute it's whatever and I guess we're starting to see that maybe that's not always funny and cute and sometimes that part of him can get a little bit more serious and when he does want to say something like this i think a lot of people kind of laughed it off when they first started these tweets like hey what the hell's going on with kotobushi and then it just kept going and going and going and now we're here a couple days later where this guy who know i mean we don't know what the the again it's from twitter we don't know the tone of what he's saying or whatever but it doesn't seem like he's having a happy-go-lucky fun time right now you know what i mean like what he's saying is very serious stuff and and i doubt he's saying yeah
0: well can i editorialize i'll give you my opinion yeah yeah which i which I didn't do in the piece. I don't think I did anyway. You read it. Did you think I gave uh, I
1: don't it? think so, no. I think that was straight news.
0: I, I mean, my opinion is he has some legitimate gripes.
1: Yeah, oh, for sure. No doubt.
0: I, I mean, you know, it's... Look, somebody owes him merch money. Whether it's New Japan, whether it's pro wrestling tees, whether it's the Young Bucks... Someone owes him merch money. And that's consistent now, he,
1: for years, by the way. That, that, that's that uh,
0: been a low-level rumor for, you know, I shouldn't, low-level is the wrong term, an underground rumor for for a while now that he wasn't getting that merch money for the, the Golden Elite shirts and the Elite shirts. And he alleges he's, you know, he should be. Now, look, now whether he was complaining to the right people when he complained to New Japan that he wasn't getting his money is immaterial. He has a gripe. If he didn't get paid for those shirts, someone owes him money. And I don't think it's you know even if he went to the wrong people, because even if these weren't New Japan shirts that, and they weren't responsible, uh, the the bottom line is 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 he's right about that. Someone owes him money for the shirts. As far as the three instances of you know is he going to work? Is he not going to work? I mean, it sure sounds to me like he's getting jerked around to some degree. Now is he the easiest person maybe for the office to work with? Maybe not because of what you just said, how eccentric he is and, and, and those and hard to communicate possibly and, and those sorts of things. But um, you know, it sure seems like they went against his wishes at least a couple of times, you know, kind of pressuring him to come back before the shoulder was ready at wrestle kingdom. And, uh, to the and that's and angle. that's tough for
1: a wrestler too. That's tough for an athlete to you know, especially somebody that looks like Kota Bushi or whatever. I'm sure that Kota Bushi wants to have uh, you know a little bit of more of a notice and they, hey, okay, you want me to come back? Well, I got to look a certain way. I got to be ready. I got to mentally be ready. I got to physically be ready. I have all that sort of stuff. It's not as easy as just saying, "Hey, we need you back, pal." And him going, "All right, cool, I'm in." You know, what I mean, like there's there's some stuff that needs to happen to get ready to get into that shape. To be Kota Ibushi, it's not like this guy needs needs to go out here and do side headlocks and a couple of shoulder blocks, and then he can tag out and he's good. Like yeah. he's Kota Ibushi. There's a standard that he has put himself on. So yeah, this idea that hey, just get ready for us in a couple of days or a week or whatever, he can't do that. I mean that that I I, I totally sympathize with them. There on is that.
0: that there is that Japanese wrestling mindset though of you work hurt and maybe that needs to change. You know where they just have this mindset of you you know and you guys will work through their injuries or come back too quickly from them or whatnot. But he clearly wasn't comfortable coming back for Wrestle Kingdom. And it's obvious because we have the proof. Five months ago, we, we talked about it. That they were dead set on him coming back. And now five months later, he's saying in tweets. That he didn't like the way this guy was talking to him. Saying, hey, you better be back. You know, and he didn't like his tone. And the pressure that was being put on. So I think he's right about some of this stuff. If not all of it. You know, but... Um, Is he handling it the best way? I mean, obviously not. But this is a guy who probably feels like he's been pushed to the brink. Look, here you know, the guy did threaten his job too. Let's not leave that out of this.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah. He was kind of getting blackmailed by this dude too. So He
0: goes to he goes to the JTO show. The guy questions him online. What were you doing there? You didn't clear it. Right? Are you look and then basically, and I'm paraphrasing was basically like, Do you want to be fired? Is what the guy basically said. And then Ibushi took that as, oh my god, now they're threatening to fire me. And from his point of view, he's like, New Japan wrestlers are on all kinds of different shows. I didn't even wrestle. I just went to the show. So why are you giving me shit? Because he feels like this guy has always been unfair to him. And I get into that in the story. From you know other sources noting that, this, that feel that this guy is unfair to certain wrestlers on the roster. Holding them to standards that he doesn't hold other people to. In terms of their... Off the clock behavior and everything else. I've got anecdotes in there. Right, I'm right. He give just feels like away, he's been unfairly
1: targeted by this same guy. I give you
0: the one story. Yeah. I give you the one story where Kikuchi gave him shit, gave Abushi shit because Abushi was spotted in a public gym spotting for another wrestler on the bench press, but it was a, he- <laughs> but it was a, but it was a heel. Oh, Kikuchi heel Watts unit. over
1: there. Yeah, Kikuchi Watts over there. Not. Uh...
0: So Kikuchi gave him shit about that, and you know he doesn't want you know people commingling between units. That's like one example. There's other there's other anecdotes in the story where Abushi and some of Abushi's allies and younger wrestlers feel this guy's just inconsistent with the way he applies the policies. He has very old school policies, the old American boy band thing where don't admit you have a girlfriend because you know we won't sell as many tickets. Like that old shit that you used to hear for like fucking menudo and fucking new block. (laughs) You know, it's like, you know, we
1: don't want Jordan Knight to know and we don't want the world to know that Jordan Knight has a girlfriend. So yeah, don't uh...
0: Leaf Cassidy in the seventies. Couldn't admit that he was, you know, fucking somebody because they're afraid he's not going to, you know, like he has those old school mindsets of old school, K-fabe and and shit like that. And that's not even necessarily their issue with him. Their issue with him is he applies it unfairly. Like he'll use it against you. If he doesn't like you and you get a pass, if he likes you, And he has his drinking buddies in the company and all that. Your Takas, your Taichis, the old Noah crew. So um, that's kind of like, you know, more background. And and what set Abushi off initially was being questioned about going to that show. And then when he said, Are you trying to be fired? Because you have to remember at that point, Abushi had cut off contact with the office. So from Kikuchi's point of view, he's like, All right, you're not talking to us. You're popping up on other shows. Are you trying to, you want to be fired? And then Abushi took that as well. That's a threat,
1: right? Yeah, yeah.
0: So it's like I don't think Abushi's wrong about a lot. I
1: don't. Of no, no. I really don't. Yeah. They're, 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 for anybody that has that like I think he's going about this in the wrong way, most likely. I mean, maybe he felt that there was no other option but to go nuclear here and, and decide that this was the only Sports option. Earth. Right. Yeah. Which I don't know that. I, I don't know what other. I'm not privy to the other conversations that he had or other attempts that he had or whatever. He may have felt, all right, this is it. I've tried everything I can do. This is the last thing I can do. I still think there was probably a better way than just, you know, an assortment or days worth of just random quote tweets or whatever. Uh, but maybe, you know, I don't know. I, maybe this was his final thing. So, yeah, that that would be my only issue. But a lot of the gripes that, that Ibushi has, you know, from his side and from the other side, like, I, I'm kind of on largely on his side as well for a lot of this stuff. I can see the other side. I can see the frustration sometimes from New Japan. I can see the frustrations from Kikuchi sometimes. But at the end of the day, I probably side with Ibushi a little bit more than I side with New Japan in this. But just, yeah, the, the way that it is going about it uh, definitely seems like the wrong way. And it, it, it might make you know our reporting on it seem like we're against Ibushi because we're just telling you what's happening and how he's going about it. I don't understand you know, why, because
0: yeah. all, all the information is from Ibushi's uh, people close to him. Right. Like all the information is from people who are sympathetic to what he's gone through. Even if they might not necessarily be sympathetic to how he's handling it. Because even people close to him don't think he's handling it well. You know, there's a lot of tweet. Like, uh, someone said Shingo put out a tweet that was like, Oh, well, I'm just worrying about me. You know, like, that's a clear subtweet. Like, ah, this is all fucking bullshit that I don't...
1: Yeah, Goto had... I forget what Goto's thing was. He was just like, I do my talking in the ring or something like that. Just the yeah,
0: perfect, yeah, because they're the not... The
1: perfect they, Hiroki Goto tweet in that sense. you yeah. got to
0: understand, these guys are worried about the company they work for Yes. Now. And and this shit ruining a good thing. And you may still side with Ibushi on that sort of thing. It depends what culture you're from and all those things. I mean, you know, the Japanese work culture is different, you know, than than a lot of other work cultures around the world. And the, and these guys are kind of ticked off at him, not because he's complaining. And this is something that was said to me too, but because he's doing it publicly. Keep it in house. Go up the proper channels. Because, hey, look, we don't like this guy either.
1: Right, right, right. If you want to get fired, just tell them you want to, you know, leave or whatever. And, 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 yeah, or say yeah.
0: what he's doing. Right. Don't, don't, you know, you're going on, you, you know, you, and, you know, and he's going back and forth with fans. And now he's exposing the business, talking about bookers and, and how finishes are worked. And it's just the wrestlers are not happy about that aspect of it. You know, they're just not. So, um, I don't know. This is all going to be a lot of outdated information. I feel.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned. Is all for I the can non-live say, so. listeners
0: because this is just a. It, it, this is not going away. It's not going to have a simple solution. We have passed the point of no return. The shit can really hit the fan here because I think we're past the point where they can get everybody to sit down at a table. And oh, work that's what I said.
1: Kubaya is done. I think we're past. Once the Yakuza tweet came out, I think Kubaya is done. I mean, the 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 best case scenario is they just agree. To, to separate, and Koda goes on his end, and New Japan goes on his end, and they never speak of this ever again, that's probably the good, that's probably the best case scenario, right? Like, that's where I'm at with this one, and the worst case scenario is, God only fucking knows what, what, what's down the pike, but yeah, the, the best case scenario to me is, they just agree mutually, alright, this is not gonna work, here's your release, go do whatever you wanna do, and Koda moves on, and New Japan moves on, and, and things are largely the same, just without Kodabushi going on there, but that, again, is the best case scenario at this point. I, I, the, the, Come together moment and kotabushi you know, comes back at the G one. I feel like that feels, <laughs> that feels like we've passed that point. That we're not going back there. But uh, I don't know. I guess stranger things have happened in wrestling. But as far as what I've heard and from what, what has kind of been rumored or what we've seen, it feels like that's not going to happen. Like that that little get in a room. Hash it out, shake hands, and move on. I feel like that's we're, we're past that point. I, it's I, too
0: late because it's gone beyond the wrestling office. Right, though. right, right.
1: Now we're getting, you know, now we're we're getting
0: big time corporate
1: reporters, corporate. Yeah. We're getting magazines and and gossip papers. We're invoking yakuza. We're invoking, you know, invoking, you know, scandal. We're 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 past the point of hey, you didn't Here, book me right, or you know, this sort of stuff. We're 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 in a different realm now.
0: Here's you know, it's a bigger problem the Bushi road corporate bosses are now questioning the wrestling bosses. What the fuck is going on? Get this under control. And it's not under control. And it's not going to be under
1: control anytime soon. It doesn't
0: seem like it. He's just Bushi's had enough and he's just letting it fly. It's scorched earth. And, you know, under the current structure, I don't know how he could ever go back in that locker room. How can he, um, it's hard for me to fathom this being fixed at this point. Um, So I'm sure that's not the end of this for us talking about it here. um, It's gonna It could potentially be a pretty wild weekend on that front. Do you want to, Plug the Patreon and then move on. Seems like a good spot. To yeah, do so. let's do
1: that. So obviously this whole hour has been a plug for uh, <laughs> the, the reporting that we have done. Uh, flagshippatreon.com. Uh, you've been uh, working quite literally day and night on these stories some of the last few days. And we'll continue uh, working day and night as, as much as you possibly can on this. But uh, yeah, a lot of work getting put in there. Uh, a lot of good reporting. A lot of double sourcing, checking with sources, all this sort of stuff. Uh, but breaking news updates, uh, Flagshippatreon.com. Uh, all available there as written updates. Um, so there's a lot of stuff. Uh, there's obviously been the recent Noah news that we've had and then the Subuchi stuff. We're on top of it. Nobody else is reporting the stuff that we're reporting. Nobody else has the sources that we have. So uh, if you want to continue following this story and get it from the direct sources, uh, from the top sources... Uh, we're pretty much the best spot so far. Everybody else has either referenced us or is just repeating what we're saying without giving us credit. It's pretty much how I've seen uh, most of the other reporting going. So yeah, FlagshipPatreon.com is where you can find all of that. Uh, This week, match of the week. You do it every single week. This one we talked about a little bit on last week's flagship. Uh, You were going to pick a Tiger Chung Lee match, and it was from January 3rd, 1984. Hulk Hogan and Bob Backlund versus Mr. Fuji and Tiger Chung Lee. And it actually, not only it being, you know, Kim Duck and, and, and Tiger Chung Lee you know being featured in it, but it actually features a very fascinating story of a real, I can't say a passing of the torch, because one man doesn't really feel like giving the torch up, but knows that he has to give the torch up, uh, of Hulk Hogan and Bob Backlund. That's what I came away from that match watching, and that promo uh, uh, watching, is Bob Backlund staring off camera, realizing, God damn it, Hulk Hogan's going to take my spot, and I'm never going to get it ever again, and that is uh, that is definitely what happens uh, there in January uh, 3rd of 1984, uh, on the Bob Backlund, Hulk Hogan, Mr. Fuji, Tiger Chung Lee match. But yeah, you get into a little bit of details about Tiger Chung Lee uh, and, and and more details about kind of the, the Vince McMahon uh, decision to go with Hulk Hogan as his top dude and Bob Backlund pretty much realizing it overnight or, or at least in the midst of that promo Backlund. realizing, God damn it, I'm done, fuck.
0: You can see Backlund's dead behind the eyes, he knows, and he's in the awkward position of... His role in the match is to help Hulk Hogan get over. Right, help his replacement get
1: over. Yeah,
0: Which is absurd from two angles. Number one, he's got to help the guy replacing him get over. And number two, Hogan don't need any help getting over. So it's like he he's not even useful at right. that point. So he's, he's he spots doesn't say anything taken. in
1: the promo, and you get you get yeah. an incredible Hulk Hogan. Ah, it'll be all right, pal. You know he like slaps him on the back.
0: It's thing. very condescending.
1: It's like oh, it's God.
0: very condescending. <laughs> yeah, and, and then Backlund the match just itself. dead behind the
1: eyes, nose. I'm done. I'm over. Yeah,
0: and then the match itself is just Backlund selling to set up <laughs> Hogan saving today. So. It's a very interesting match that I've always remembered, you know, from that standpoint. So, you know, Kim duck retiring, you know, was a good opportunity to dig it out of the archives and talk about it. Cause I think it's a fascinating match from that standpoint. And Tiger Chung Lee happens to be the guy, you know, Hogan really liked working with him in that era because I guess he remembered him from new Japan because then he worked those two singles matches with him. He worked yeah. one in 84 and then he worked one later in 85. So He really liked working with him. I guess he trusted him or he knew, you know, he, he put him over. And, um, so Tiger Chung Lee, I mean, to American fans, those are arguably his three most famous matches, you know, that tag match and then those two television singles matches with Hogan. And they're nothing more than squashes for the most part, but, uh, but they're probably his three most famous bouts, you know, and like we talked about last week, he's a fascinating figure because to American fans, um, you know, this guy had a half-decade career and is very famous for – and essentially, most people have never seen him win a match.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, yet – Yeah, go on.
0: No, no, I was only going to say. And, and But yet, you know, he lasted – he was a full-timer for five years, and it was a very memorable uh character from that era, even though he was just a television jobber.
1: Yeah, and, and one of the fascinating things – and I forget who said this. It was somebody, I think, in our Discord who said it, so I apologize yeah. if, if I – or they may have said it in the Patreon post, Uh but said, like – there's no way to do the research on this, so there might be a way to do it, but it'd be very difficult, and it would take months of hard work and, and diligent research to figure out. But, like, does anybody have a more eccentric, long list of, like, opponents, a varied list of opponents, as Tiger Chung Lee, who, who or, or Kim Duck, who, you know, obviously we talked about wrestled God, he wrestled from what? When? When would he say his debut was? Like in the '60s or whatever? He wrestled from the he he,
0: he broke through in the late '60s for JWA.
1: Okay, so worked '60s JWA, <laughs> works all the way through there. New Japan in the '70s, WWF in the '80s and the '90s. Back to Japan in the '90s, and then wrestled into the 2010s. Like, and you look at the opponents that that guy has had. There may not be a more varied list of opponents in wrestling history than Tiger Chung Lee, Kim Duck. I mean, he might have, like, one of the most. Because, I mean, not many other people are going to be able to have, you know, uh, <laughs> you know I'm trying to think yeah, of, like, what, yeah, oh, you're Mike like, Sharp. And, you know, <laughs> like it, it's just not. And, and Riki, the 60s,
0: you know, the early, the late 60s pioneer guys in Japan. Yeah, it's just and nuts. then So he went from there, and then he came to America and worked all the territories. So he crossed paths with all those territory guys. Then he went to all Japan in the late 70s. Then New Japan in the early 80s um, would still come back to America and work, you know, random world-class and mid-south shots in Georgia, right? So he's – Portland. So he's crossing paths with all these people. Then the five-year WWF run where he wrestled every star on TV because he put all those guys over on television while he was going back to Japan to work tours in between. And then, like you said, the late career stuff where you know he worked for WAR he worked for DDT in the early 2010s he did Wrestle One he did Japanese indies he did Mexico so he was in the ring with just a total eclectic group of pro wrestlers throughout the years let me see if i could find that person's uh
1: yeah but yeah i'm, I'm looking at it now how many other people have have faced in his second to last match Masaki Mochizuki is in it how many other people have faced you know Stan <laughs> it's just like it's ridiculous Stan Putsky and, and and Masachi Mo- Mochizuki in the same career. You know what I mean? Like how many Here other people? Uh,
0: <laughs> he said, uh, this is Starvos. He 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 in his post, he says, here's just some of the people he that he wrestled. Jack Briscoe, Billy Robinson, Red Bastine, Rick Flair, Ricky Steamboat, Chris Jericho, Gino Hernandez, Scott Hall, Atlantis, Junakiyama, all the Vianos, Masaki Mochizuki, Kazuchika Okada, Kenny Omega. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then you consider.
1: Who has Stan Putsky every... and Kenny Omega on their resume? Like
0: Scott Putsky, Scott
1: Putsky. So, like no, 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 no. Well, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Ivan Putsky. Oh, Ivan, Ivan is who I meant to say. Ivan is who I meant to say. Yeah, Ivan. Ivan yeah.
0: I'm um, mixing and, up and then
1: Scott and, and all Ivan, of the
0: yeah. WWF stars of the 80s that he wrestled on. Yeah, the, right, right, on syndicated right. Shows. So, yeah, just a crazy career that crossed every era from the late 60s till today. So, um, yeah, anyway, so that was the match of the week, and it's a really fascinating one that drew a lot of conversations.
1: Yeah, not a whole lot of t- t- Tony Atlas and uh, and Kenny Omega crossover there, but... Uh,
0: Six Degrees of Separation, like he's the, like Kim Duck is the... If yeah, you he that, might be that, yeah, you know,
1: he might be the Kevin Bacon there, yeah, you could do yeah. a lot of Six Degrees, yeah, it would not Six be that hard, maybe... Oh, man, I might have to do that. I might have to uh, do that as a Patreon post this week. It's it's a six degrees of separation of of, of, yeah. of Kim Doug. It's probably yeah. It wouldn't take that long too, which is just no. He's insane. the guy.
0: He's Kevin Bacon. He's Kevin <laughs> right. Bacon.
1: It's it's wild. But uh, uh, so there's that on there. Um, the match of the week. Uh, this I wrote last week, but uh, I, I do want to plug it because I didn't. I don't think I wrote it. I think I wrote it f- the Friday after we did the flagship. But uh, I, I wrote a piece about 20 years ago uh, last week. Uh, WWE officially became WWE, dropped the WWF from their name, became WWE. Uh, and something I actually found out while doing the research for that is that the rating... week, So the week that they announced that they were going to become WWE, there was a big-time rating that week. The next week, the rating fell a ton for Raw. And it never, ever got back to where it was before there. It mm. never, ever got back to what it was. The night that they announced that they were WWE and they were no longer WWE, it ne- the rating never... Ever, Recover. <laughs> ever recovered back there. It got close. It got really, really close, but it never recovered again. And, and you know, I kind of theorized there that there was probably a lot of people that kind of broke their. And I remember it at the time, me being like, oh, fuck, WWE. I don't know. What the hell." You know, I, I had an affinity for WWF and I was still very young at that time. I wasn't, you know, there was people that were 30, 40, 50 that that only knew the WWF. They didn't have an affinity to WWE, so I, I did a long story about you know stuff in my life as well. I used to work at a university that many times changed their names, and every time they changed their names, all the all the alumni of, of whatever the name that was before it basically stopped donating to the school because they said, I don't have any connection to the school anymore. I went to blank university. I didn't go to this school. So once that happened, they kind of and they stopped donating. <laughs> like It became impossible to get them to donate to the school anymore because they felt that connection broken uh, to the school that they knew that they went to and that that, you know, that, that, that they got their degree from. Uh, so I kind of theorized that maybe there was a lot of fans that did that with, with WWF or whatever. But uh, just a fascinating thing, uh, uh, some background about the story as well, if people don't know. Why eventually they had to go to WWE and, and, and change the name from WWF? Why it should have happened, you know, 15 years prior, but Vince McMahon just kind of said, fuck you, I'm not going to do it. And then eventually WWE, the World Wildlife Fund said, all right, pal, you lost in court and you didn't do it. So now you really have to do it for us. So, uh, and then the awful, awful period that we all had to live through where everything was blurred out. Remember all, all the uh, WWF getting blurred out of everything the ring posts, the logos, the blanking of the names, like all that sort of stuff. It was an awful, awful period for uh, watching retro uh, wrestling. Uh, during that time. So I did a, a big piece about that 20 years ago. Uh WWE got the F out. Of course we said we have the Kotobushi stuff. I have the ongoing Slamboree Jamboree uh going on as well covering each and every WCW Slamboree main event. Uh 1995 will be dropping by the time a lot of you guys listen to this it should be already be up there. Uh all the other episodes are up as as well and uh, we will do it all the way through Slamboree. Uh, 2000. So just uh, following the insane, insane world that is World Championship Wrestling, uh, just some crazy, crazy stuff. The matches aren't very good, but uh, the stories around the matches uh, are really, really good, including in the 1995 episode, a little bit of a teaser. Gordon Sully basically getting pissed off that Angela Paffa was being put in the, into the prestigious WCW Hall of Fame and basically quitting wrestling because of it. So <laughs> that is the story that you will get in the Slambery Jamboree 1995. Also, I reviewed Mountain Dew Purple Thunder in a Rich Drinks, so that will be up. Uh, Again, by the time most of you guys listen to this, I will review the brand new Circle K exclusive Mountain Dew Purple Thunder. It took me, uh, I had to stop at three or four different Circle Ks uh, to finally get my hand on Purple Thunder. But I got it, and I drank it, and I reviewed it for you guys. So that is up there as well. Thursday TV Reviews. Uh, you just put that up right before we went live here. Uh, you recapping this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. So uh, anything else? I think I got everything right there uh, so far. But
0: Nah, that's everything. Yeah, I, You did more than me this week. I, I'm busy making up things that are happening. In yeah, today.
1: yeah. you're busy sitting there going, ah, what can I say about Nosawa doing... now? Yeah, sharp... yeah. Ah, I got sharp... it.
0: <laughs> I'm busy sharpening my creative writing uh, You're doing
1: great. Yeah, you, you are either a great guesser or just a fantastic fiction writer. I am Uh, clairvoyant. We are going to, like you said,
0: gamble. We're going to play the lottery. Uh, You know, so we're doing a great job with that.
1: (laughs) But uh, I should note uh, as well that this month, and we talked about it last week, and we had a lot of people that followed our advice. This month, you are going to get an AEW Double or Nothing Instant Reaction Live. It is on the last, what, on the 29th, May 29th, towards the end of the month. We implore you that if you are going to listen, if you are listening to this and you said, hey, I'm interested in that Instant Reaction Live, I'm going to listen to that that's great. We appreciate that. What you should do though, is get more bang for your buck and subscribe now, as opposed to subscribing on May 29th. Cause when you subscribe on May 29th, you get charged on the 29th and then you get charged another, you know, when the month passes over into June, you are going to get charged again. Whereas now, if you subscribe on this May 12th, you're going to get the entire month of content. You're going to get everything that we just mentioned, all of our archives, all that sort of stuff. And you're also going to get the Double or Nothing Instant Reaction Live, and you can cancel immediately after that if you want. You've gotten what you needed, but don't do it on the 29th. We implore you. We hate when people do that. We see people do it all the time, and we get mad that you subscribed on the 30th, you subscribed on the 29th, and you're going to get two days' worth of content, and then get charged again. Don't do that. Subscribe now, and then you're going to get the whole month of stuff, and you're going to get the Instant Reaction Live. So if you are planning on listening to Instant Reaction Live, you want to hear our thoughts immediately after Double or Nothing, just subscribe now and get more bang for your buck. That's all we're saying you subscribe in the 29th, we'll still, you know, we'll still take your money. We're not gonna care, but you're gonna get a lot more out of your money if you subscribe now, as opposed to on the 29th. So a lot of people followed our advice last week, so that is good for them. But yeah, uh, yeah you should you should do that for sure. If you're interested and you're thinking, man, that double or nothing interaction live sounds great, just subscribe now. Get more bang for your buck, make more out of your get a more value out of out of your subscription.
0: Yeah. If you're on the five, get to the ten.
1: Yeah, yeah. If
0: you want to hear the instant reaction, get in now. Don't, you know, get Get maximum value. Don't get two days worth of value. No. so
1: all right. Uh, what do we got? Roman Reigns. Uh, yeah, let's talk about Roman Reigns's future. So a very strange story come from WWE uh, this weekend. Uh, Roman Reigns. I forget where he was. Was he in Long Island or uh, he was? It was uh, so- Trenton. Trenton. yeah. Oh. lovely Trenton. Spent some time in. No, did I spend time in Trenton? I know I spent time in Newark, no. not in Trenton. In Newark. Jer- you
0: were in Jersey City, Newark. Yeah, um, you weren't anywhere near Trenton.
1: Where does Trenton go on the uh the, the Jersey power rankings? Where where, where where would the city of Trenton go in 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 Joe Lanza's mind?
0: Across the river from Philly, it's South Jersey, um, which means it's fake Jersey. Um, so you know the whole pork roll versus Taylor ham thing. You know that you you were in a completely different part of New Jersey when you came for WrestleMania. Okay, All right. uh, Trenton is the state capital of New Jersey.
1: Rich. There you go. Have you ever been to the the capital of?
0: No one, nobody wants to spend time in Trenton. (laughs) Okay, you know, have I been to Trenton? Sure, Um, you know, the the only time anyone will like goes to Trenton is like if they have to go to court or
1: something. (laughs) You know, like too many many speeding (laughs) tickets.
0: (laughs) No other reason to go to Trenton, you know. But anyway. Roman won't be back. That's yeah, the point. apparently
1: Roman won't be back either because uh, he got on the mic and said, oh, uh, this is the last time you guys are going to see me. I'm not going to be around here anymore type of thing. So uh, either he really hates Trenton or this alleged news that has come out uh, has some some merit here. So everybody was kind of thinking, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Is, is Roman Reigns quitting? Is he going to Hollywood? What's going on here? Uh, so allegedly, so people have kind of getting, gotten down to this. There's been a lot of different sources. Nothing is really in I I don't think there's been an official, official report about this yet. So I'm going to use the word allegedly so far. So allegedly, Roman Reigns has signed a new deal with WWE that includes far less dates than his prior deal, including far fewer house shows as well. Uh, Dave Meltzer's report at this time that Reigns is not advertised for any TV tapings or live events in July and August. Reigns is also not scheduled to appear at the June 5th WWE premium live event in Chicago, WWE Hell in a Cell. Uh, he will not be at that premium live event. Uh, He was originally on the poster for that premium live event, uh, but he has been taken off of the poster of the WWE Hell in a Cell premium live event poster. He's no longer on that. So uh, Dave Meltzer put it as Reigns will be on TV more than Brock Lesnar, but not appreciably more is the way that uh, in in perfect Dave speak (laughs) is how he said it. So uh, he'll be on more than Lesnar, but not that much more than Brock Lesnar is probably the best way to put it.
0: And isn't the idea... He'll do, like, the big house shows, maybe your MSGs, but he's not doing Trenton anymore. Yeah, he's, he's, he's skipping
1: Trenton. Yet. Des Moines, uh, you're yeah. probably not going to get Roman Sheboygan anymore. Yeah, Sheboygan, Sheboygan sorry. <laughs> These
0: gonna... are all my go-to references for <laughs> right, towns that don't matter. So I apologize to the good people of Sheboygan. Uh, but Sheboygan's I always great. Sheboygan's and great. Moines, it's not great. Was... Sorry,
1: I, let me reel it in. It's not great. It's fine. <laughs> Sheboygan is fine. It's not great.
0: Those are my two when I'm fired up. Des Moines. You go to Des, Moines? And
1: <laughs> Des Moines and Sheboygan, yeah. That's...
0: I just think of just dusty fucking cornfield towns that nothing uh, going on. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm not gonna you I'm know? not gonna defend yeah. Des Moines at all. Des Moines is, is pretty shitty, but uh I'll yeah. slightly defend Sheboygan, but uh, yeah, Des Moines can can hit the bricks for sure. But uh
0: Yeah. So that's kind of the Moline.
1: Look, you don't think you don't bring up Moline ever?
0: I never bring up Moline. You want yeah. me to bring up Moline? Nah, to do that's Moline? All right.
1: One of the quad cities, you know the Quad Cities guy?
0: How about I just say Springfield? It could refer to like a half a dozen cities. I could say, and Springfield. none of them
1: are good, right? Like, no Springfield is actually cool, right? Because the Illinois, never- I, I know for a fact—Illinois <laughs> Springfield is not cool at all. You
0: know, we bash a lot of cities on this show. We do nothing well, but bash them, cities. I
1: mean, most most of them stink, though, right? The
0: people of Gary, Indiana, are still hot at us for Gary. <laughs> are Bob.
1: they? I don't think they are. <laughs> most <laughs> the people, people are agree ch- with us, for for the record. When we bash these cities, most people are like, "Yeah, that's yeah, it kind of sucks." Like they know we're not bashing good cities here. We're bashing, you know, Springfield, Illinois. No one's gonna stand up and defend Springfield, Illinois. Trust me. The the good folks of Trenton, New Jersey, I don't think are gonna stand up and defend Trenton, New Jersey. Either, so,
0: I mean, give me a good city. Give me one good city.
1: Well, what I define as a good city is might be different than what you define as a good city.
0: I I give us one rich, creature good city. I'm not gonna argue. Seattle, with you.
1: Washington. I love Seattle.
0: Okay. There you go. That's balance. That's San called balance. Diego,
1: California. Great city.
0: Okay. Always wanted to go there.
1: Oh, San Diego's the best. Yeah. You would like it. It's not that hot. You got to be right. outside a lot though, if you live in San Diego. That's the only problem.
0: Listen, it's a very I would
1: outside move. city.
0: I, I, I've considered moving to San Diego. Yeah. I, I, I've thought about. It. I've never been there. <laughs> you
1: don't though. go outside. Why would you want to go to San Diego?
0: Just to ensure that I never have to put on pants ever.
1: You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. It's not. It gets a little chilly there sometimes. Does it? It does. Yeah. It's not. It's not what you're thinking. It's not. You know, Phoenix. Phoenix. You could probably go without wearing pants ever.
0: Yeah, but I hear Phoenix is just like, like you're choking to death outside in Phoenix. I don't. I don't. No, those are babies. Um, I've considered Hawaii as well.
1: Now that's yeah. There you're gonna be with with Von Eric catching fish in the backyard. You know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Kevin. That's the dream. Kevin Von Eric never wears shoes.
1: He doesn't wear shoes. He doesn't even not even only wear pants. He doesn't wear. Yeah, you're, you're The right, man right.
0: literally had to purchase shoes to fly. Yeah, in the
1: right? last yeah, like, that was like, a, a story on shoes. Twitter. He said, bought shoes so I could get on the airplane because yeah. my man tried to show up and they're like, brother, you got to wear shoes. And he's like, all right, fine. I'll buy shoes.
0: He's catching exotic fish and crabs <laughs> and like the stream in his backyard and. Cooking this fresh, you know, catch of the day for de- like the guys. Just he absolutely deserves in it though.
1: Given what has gone on in his life, he absolutely deserves to never have to wear shoes or pants ever again. So yeah, yeah, uh, good to him. Yeah, I don't know if you live in San Diego. A, I think you would have to go outside sometimes. Uh And B, I don't know that you could always never wear shorts. I think you could probably get away. It is always a solid like seventy-two to seventy-five degrees. You know, and that it so. Maybe you could pull it off, but you might get a little cold at night. But you'll you'll Sounds get used to it. You'll night. be all right. Uh, you're uh, you know what? You could pull off the hoodie and shorts move.
0: Yeah, yes. Yeah, which I move. think is a
1: classic Lands move, a classic Creech move as well. Move, uh, I yeah. love the hoodie and the shorts. So yeah,
0: a little bit of everything. You know, um, yeah. I don't know. I, the only problem is I don't want to watch NFL games at ten in the morning. Dude, that that's an, it's, it's tough.
1: Yeah, it is. That 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 takes a lot of getting used to. That was in Alaska was like really difficult. Where uh, we would get to a bar and it'd be like. One minute left in the West Coast NBA game, and I'm like, "Motherfucker!" <laughs> you go to the bars. There's nothing to watch. It's like yeah. they're playing. There's like replays of Sports Center. uh, There's NASCAR truck race replays. I'm like, "What the fuck? You can't do this." It was seven o'clock. Like you know, already the games are done. Like everything is done. The nightcap of all sports were done <laughs> at seven. I was like, "This is yeah. no. This is ridiculous." I mean, it, it is. And yeah, I, I one time uh, was in Arizona during NFL season, and it was like woke up drink coffee and it's like you turn on the tv and it's like boom the 12 o'clock game's already going you're like what the fuck is going on yeah. it is way too early for this game to already be going on so yeah, yeah. there there is a the one hand you like you can do something like you could watch all the games and then still do something at night yes. which is cool but you know going to a bar to watch a game or whatever it, you couldn't do that it, it was just right. it was, it, the, it, the whole sports schedules just <laughs> it was very difficult completely. yeah it was, it was even,
0: vegas, even vegas is like that like you know it's like I go to Vegas for work a lot with one of the companies I previously worked for. And, and, you know, we get set loose from our meetings and I'm like, I'm going to go down to sports book and do a little action. All the games are over.
1: Right. Yeah. It's 1130. It's, it's like 30. Yeah. It's 1130 in New Jersey. So, you know,
0: I, all the game, fucking games are over. There's nothing left to bet on, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy, you know? And if you were there on a Sunday, yeah, you'd have to get down there 10 AM from your room to catch the early NFL games, which is, you know, obscene. Um, Especially when you're in Vegas, because you're, you're obviously up until fucking six in the morning. And then, you know, the shit's starting a couple hours later. But, uh, all right, you gave us a good city. You gave us two good cities to balance all of the cities that we shit talk. Yeah. So, uh, so that's it. So now, as far as TV, is he going to be working every SmackDown or is he going to be taking some That, TV? As
1: far as I can tell, I don't know. And, th- and this is what I mean that the story is kind of weird, that nobody has really put official here's exactly what's going on with Roman still. There, there still is this, as far as I can tell, I'm recording this on the 12th or whatever, there is still a little bit of like, it's kind of a Brock Lesnar schedule, which what does that exactly mean? Because sometimes Brock is on every show. Sometimes Brock goes away for six months at a time. It's a little strange. So yeah, he will be doing the pay-per-views this summer. We do know that. He will do the TVs. It, what what The way that Dave said it, and again, he didn't actually report this it was just on the Observer. He says that, He will do TVs to build up the stadium pay-per-views. So it's not like he's not going to be on TV, but he's not going to be doing a lot of dates.
0: So this is really going to test the theory that he's the one making a difference in the SmackDown numbers because none of my research ever pointed to that. Right. But that was also almost two years ago or at least a year ago. Now I have to look back and see when I wrote that story. But um, it could be different now. Like he could be over to the point where he is making a difference to TV. I'd have to look that up. I did see some Raw quarter hours that reflected well on him when he popped up on Raw. But now we're going to see for sure, you know, and, and we'll also see who they're going to build SmackDown around because that show has been 1 million percent built around him since he came back to, you know, right after the Thunderdome uh, shit. So uh, it, it'll be rubber meets the road time. In terms of truly how how over he is in the business sense. Right, you right, know? right. He's over in buildings. I mean, there's no question about that. I mean, WWE fans are into that gimmick. He is over like a motherfucker. I think the new entrance, well, new entry, well his well, it's not new anymore, but you know what I mean. His entrance music helps. Uh, it fits the persona perfectly. Um, you know, he's been put, you know, when somebody never loses... Rich, this is crazy. They get over.
1: One, okay, hold on a sec. Let me. I gotta take a note. I'm taking notes for your, your WrestleMania backlash thing. I don't have them ready yet. So, okay, what you're saying here is, repeat it again. Uh, when kinda, someone, wait, wait, one sec, second, one, one second. All right.
0: When a wrestler wins oh. all of their matches.
1: Wrestler. Yes. Wins is what you're saying. Wins.
0: Yeah, they gotta win. They gotta, so gotta they win. they like
1: by pinfall, submission, that yes. type of thing. Win. Okay, wins all their. Okay.
0: When they win all of their matches, they mm-hmm. tend to get over. Yep. Believe it or not, Rich. over.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Are you it's sure? A wild
0: theory, but uh, <laughs> that, that's generally how it works. Are you? Are you?
1: Call, you mean the Goldberg push is what uh, pundits so, yeah. online will call it? Which <laughs> is the best? I yeah, love Jade
0: Cargill. Pretty crazy how that works. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: Wardlow, it uh, seems to be working pretty well.
0: But the the thing is, we you know, so the fans in the buildings understand that he's a big deal, and he's over in the buildings. Uh, we don't have pay-per-view to go off of, and we haven't since 2014. Ratings, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe time to do another deep dive before he goes off TV, and then we'll see how, the, how SmackDown holds up without him. But the question is, with him burning through the whole roster and everything else, it's like, you know, who do they have to take his place and build the TV around? I know what my answer would be, but the thing is, Sasha Banks doesn't seem too interested in working every week either. So, you know, and then where do you go from there? I mean, I know Sasha Banks can move numbers on TV, uh, but she's another one who will show up for a couple months and then you don't see her for three more months. So, I mean, I don't know. And Roman, you know, has run through everybody else. The only other guy that's protected right now is Cody. And, you know, he beats Seth again, and they're doing everything right with Cody. Everything. So does he beat Roman now that, okay, if Roman's not going to be around working all the time, maybe he doesn't need to hold every fucking title. You know, and so now it's, like, realistic that maybe Cody can be the guy to knock him off. Because if Roman beats Cody, then what? That's literally everyone now.
1: Right. Yeah. uh, Cody feels like the only guy in that company, the top guy, quote-unquote top guy, that Roman hasn't decimated. So, yeah, that's kind of where we're at right now. And, yeah, the, the other interesting part is you mentioned the title. Like, you now unified these titles, gave Roman Reigns both the titles. Brock doesn't have a title. There's not a secondary title. There's only one title in the entire company and Roman's got it them whatever you want to call it it them whatever title and now he's not around so like what so now the the house shows ha, don't have a champion ever you know there, there's not going to be a world champion on any of these house shows uh, and apparently there's not going to be a world champion on a lot of other shows as well i mean he'll be on the big time stadium shows he'll be on the tv's up to the big time stadium shows but yeah he's not going to be in every week you know, you're not going to see that title every single week. And like, I, again, I don't think that that's a problem. Like that to me, that's not that big of a deal. People freaked out during the Brock Lesnar era. Remember that where, where, Oh my God, how can you have this title and not be around all the time? And yada, yada, yada. The problem though, is like, like you kind of alluded to there a little bit earlier is that Roman over the last two years has destroyed everybody on the roster to get him to this point where he's over and he's the unified champion and he's the top dog. And he's like the biggest star in the entire company. But like, now you have nothing else left. And this is where it becomes an issue of, okay, he's decimated everybody, he holds all the titles, and now he's gone. Like, okay, now what? Like, now you have to kind of, out of nowhere, either create another draw, figure out what you're going to do. Again, I don't have a huge issue with him not being on all these shows. I think that's okay. That might make him special. That might actually work. It's just what you've done with him over the last few years is you've you you you've come to this area where we're at now, or this this time period we're at now, where they just don't have anybody else. They have Cody and then a bunch of other dudes. I mean, at this point, Cody is, is he has exited the blob. I will give him that. So far, what they've done in WWE, he does not feel like a blob guy. You, you know what I mean? And we've always defined the WWE blob as like those guys that go 50-50, the guys that are just kind of interchangeable parts that can be moved back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And some people, lo- you know, leave that blob. Drew McIntyre for a brief period left that blob. Roman Reigns obviously left that blob behind a long, long time ago. Brock Lesnar left behind. All the old guys are always kind of out of it, but most of the other roster is just in this mass of, of humanity that could just be kind of interchanged left and right. Cody has definitely left that so far, in my mind. The way that they pushed him, the way that they've treated him, the wins that he's gotten, he is out of that. So he is your one guy. There's nobody else. I mean, who who else, realistically, is out of that? Would you consider a, a true capital S star? You mentioned Sasha. You mentioned Cody. I mean, who else? I, there's nobody. Drew McIntyre know, is man. not that dude. You know, he's not that dude he's anymore. Not. There's nobody. I mean, they... There's nobody it's, 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 I guess they're going to have to make somebody, but well, they haven't done a very good job of that (laughs) over the last decade. So,
0: well, good on Roman having the power to call this shot and say, I'm not working in Trenton, New Jersey anymore because he's got the leverage to do that because he, one of the only three, one of the only two people they're pushing on currently. And they built the company around them and there's a competition across the street so he can get his way here. And he did. So, um, you know, good for him. but now we'll see it's kind of risky too, because if it's just business as usual when he's not around, well then how much does he really mean? I mean, you push a guy as hard as you could possibly push any human being and if ratings stay the same and ticket sales stay the same, what is you know, what are you left with? A guy who gets great reactions in the buildings because people know that he's the only thing that matters, right? So, We'll have to see how that all plays out. I think that's going to be fascinating, and it's interesting that he's been pulled off the advertising for Hell in a Cell. Rich, I either dream this, I can't find evidence of it. Let's do this quickly before the backlash game. Are they turning Money in the Bank into a WrestleMania title shot? Did
1: you hear this? So, yes. Yeah. So the way, and it's very strange, and nobody's quite sure. But that I, I, I did see a video. Uh, and I did see some tweets about this that multiple times throughout WrestleMania backlash, which I did not watch, again, <laughs> for the record, as, we, as we're going to allude to here a little bit, that they ran a commercial. And I saw I, I saw it and I was trying to understand what they said, but it said the winner of the money in the bank will receive a championship opportunity at WrestleMania.
0: OK, that is a tremendous idea. I am so in favor of that, because as we've talked about a million times, that money in the bank briefcase, that shit got to go. That is played out. Uh, it is it is just old hat boxes their writers into a corner because I don't think they choose the money in the bank winner anymore with a plan. I think they just pick a winner.
1: Of course they have it. Yeah. yeah and then they try they to it.
0: figure out their way out of it. After they didn't they know what to do winner.
1: with Otis. They didn't know what to do with the Miz lately. They're they're done. They, they, they have do lost all originality with that, that thing. They have no idea. what and they're idea
0: doing sucks with It sucks now. Anyway, it's, it's been, it's almost 15 years or whatever since it, it, it's, it's a tired idea. So if you still want to do the gimmick, but now it's just an automatic shot at WrestleMania, and then you could still do Royal Rumble, right? For the other belt, like that's the idea, right?
1: So I guess, but they just unified these belts. They just made a big fucking deal, and again, well, they won't be unified forever, though. right? And we know that the, and this company unifies belts to ununify them. That, that's what they do. They they put tag teams together to break them up, and they yeah. unify belts to to ununify them. So yeah, we know that that's coming soon. It just it's it seems so sudden. After they spent all this time talking about unifying the belts, but we, but you and I both know anybody that's smart knows that those will not be unified forever. They will break up at, at, at some point. No, it just, just, it's just Roman odd rules. timing. It's just yeah. weird timing.
0: Yeah, because the concern was, oh well, what's that going to do to the Royal Rumble? And the answer is nothing, because you have the two titles, so you can still have all. Of... What this does is take away from like Elimination Chamber or one of those gimmicks that come after the Royal Rumble. So, but I think that's great. I mean, anything to get rid of that stupid. Money in the Bank briefcase. But uh, I just thought of that now. I know it wasn't on the run sheet. Do you want to do WWE WrestleMania Backlash Premium Live Event Game?
1: Let's do it. Yes. Do you need some music or anything? Or are you just going to kind of do it on your own?
0: Listen, this is going to be a show review Mm -hmm. that we do, except you are not going to participate because you did not watch the show. So I'm just going to do a review of WrestleMania Backlash Premium Live Event and break down the card the way that we normally do. But I am going to slip three lies into the review. Rich, at the end of the review, we're going to see if you can successfully identify the three lies that I slipped into the review. And these could be anything. A winner of a match. A finish. Uh, you know, a, a, an event that occurred during the course of the show. Keep your mind open. Because there will be three definitive bald face lies in this review are you ready Richie?
1: i am ready yes i got my notes up I- i'm ready to go i'm gonna you jot did not this see
0: f- any of this show did not correct? see anything
1: i will i will say i watched the first three minutes of it so if any hopefully your lie isn't in the first three minutes uh full disclosure i'm gonna recommend if you are ever gonna try to watch a a, a world wrestling entertainment premium live event watch it live because let me tell you trying to sit down on a wednesday afternoon and go all right Wrestlemania backlash let's have at it yeah. uh is You're rubbed very the difficult hands together there you rub the
0: hands together
1: right, <laughs> right yes I could, could you hear it I was hoping you could hear it but um yes so I said you know what I can't watch it live it's mother's day things are going on whatever I'll watch it later in the week so I sit down I I, I get onto the peacock I click over to Wrestlemania backlash I sit back in my chair doom 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 you know what I mean like we're playing I'm like all right yeah. here we go uh Three minutes in, I was like, I can't do this. Like, I could. I I was looking outside. I'm like, ah, you know, I do need to water the plants, or you know, these dogs could probably use another walk. Yes, we just left for, got back from a walk. They could probably use one again. It's nice weather. I. I found everything possible to do to not watch the show. And then I messaged you and said, Joe, I, I, I can't do it. Can we Let's figure out a bit here. Let's figure out some way for me to not have to watch this thing uh, and, and turn it into uh, some sort of segment here. So that is how. You hate,
0: you hate this fucking company.
1: I cannot stand yeah. this company. Dude, once you break away and stop watching it, it is impossible to go back. Impossible to got... go back. And if you don't watch a premium live event in the moment, you are never going to be able to watch it. I'm just telling you that. You're never going to be able to watch it. Off. Again, that's arena club.com slash VOW net, arena club.com slash VOW net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network.
0: Reminder to the listeners do not guess in the chat room the lies. You're going to ruin the game. Okay. So if you watch the show, don't say what the lies are. If you didn't watch the show, I guess if you didn't watch the show, you can try to guess the lies. But I, I, don't even do that. you Here's what I'm going to do. Here.
1: I've closed the chat. I don't know what the chat's saying. All
0: right, there you go. Rich has closed the chat. But still and also don't gonna, do it. Let,
1: let, there might be some people that want to play along as well. So let them play along.
0: We're going to take him at his word that he's not going to look at the chat. So you guys can have fun with the chat, I guess, and play along with the game if you haven't seen the show. So, uh, Rich, I will say this. You missed a good pay-per-view. Oh, I'm sorry. A what? That would have been lie number one. You missed a <laughs> yeah, good I premium. Got I got one. <laughs> it was not a pay-per-view. Yes. Um, you, you missed a good premium live event. Wow. I enjoyed. Okay. I legitimately.
1: Earnestly enjoyed.
0: Earnestly enjoyed and, in fact, had two notebook matches on this show. Wow, okay. I will also tell you this.
1: Is this part of the lie yet or no? Is the, ga- no, has, no. Has the game officially started or no?
0: My opinions cannot be a lie.
1: Okay, got it, got it.
0: Because it, these are objective lies that I'm slipping Okay, because the-
1: like you, I, I, oh, I only gave one of these matches a How a could notebook. you know? Yeah, right. How could you you're know? Right, That's right. not
0: fair. My opinions cannot be lies. So anything I editorialize it, it cannot be considered a lie. This is a good show. I, I enjoyed this show. I thought, uh, look, not everything was great. Some of it was bad, but I had two notebook matches on the show. And... um for a W, especially for a W for any pay-per-view, by any definition, I thought this was a good show. The problem, six matches, and the pacing was awful. So you've got six matches in three hours, endless video packages, endless time in between the matches. And it's not like the matches were all 45 minutes long. These were just standard length matches. You know, the pay-per-view, the main event went 20. Uh, some of the matches went under 10, but my god, only six matches meant that this was like sitting in a dentist chair you know, in between the matches. It was just awful. Um, so that's a problem. The other thing is WWE commentary. I mean, I know we're beating a dead horse, but you know what? Uh, Pat McAfee fucking sucks. I, I, You people who think Pat McAfee's good at this, I listen, if you want to tell me he's good from the standpoint of giving Vince McMahon what he wants or every now and then saying something funny, okay. But he suffers from the same affliction that all these other WWE announcers suffer from. And that's never shutting the fuck up, number one. And number two, making everything out like it's the biggest happening of all time. Okay? You don't have to oversell me on the fucking uh, Madcap Moss, Happy Corbin match. Look, if everything is huge, nothing is huge. Pipe it down for the undercard. So when you're commentating on the matches that matter and you're telling me this is the greatest thing you've ever seen, it actually has some impact. Pat McAfee stinks. And you people who think he's good, you're out of your minds. I now know how everybody else felt when I was the last person on earth telling you Mauro Ronaldo was good. I was out of my mind. And eventually I came to my senses. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, I forgot you were – yeah. you had a very ridiculous you, – you were the last holdout. Like legitimately the last Mauro holdout, last Maro holdout of, of, of everybody, yeah.
0: And I'm telling you right now, I am ahead of the curve on Pat McAfee. He sucks. He is an annoying listen. I can't take him. And he used to be okay. He used to be good. But it's the thing that happens to all these guys. Rich, Matt Stryker used to be good. I know people don't believe us. He was good. Taz was good in that company before he fucking stopped caring and and, and was tired of getting beat up in the headset. It's the same thing. Like, McAfee's not bad in the same ways that those guys became bad. He's just fucking annoying. I want to strangle him. Shut the fuck up, Pat. You add nothing. I will say he has pretty good chemistry with Cole. They banter a little. And the one thing with McAfee is he has fuck you money. So he's not afraid to say things sometimes that, you know, Vince doesn't like. I will say that he will go off the cuff every now and then. And that's cool. But, but 90% of the time. Oh my God. I think he's one of the worst announcers. If I'm being honest. Anyway, let's talk about this show. Uh, you still there, Craig?
1: I am still there. Ready. All
0: right. So we open up. Now here come the potential lies. Okay, so now okay.
1: from this point forward, you could be lying to me or giving me the, sure. the, the, the straight the truth of WrestleMania Backlash premium live event.
0: Right, because all that stuff was just my big picture thoughts and my opinions on the presentation and all that. So um, Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins open things up. The story of this match, Rich, because I know you don't pay attention to WWE is that uh, Seth wasn't prepared at WrestleMania for Vince McMahon's mystery opponent. But now, Rich. (laughs) The only person on earth that didn't know was Cody Rhodes. Yeah, good point. (laughs) But now, Rich, now he's pointing at his temple. And he knows. Now that he knows he's facing Cody, he's going to have all the answers. And that was kind of the story of the match. You know, Cody would go for one of his trademark moves. And Seth would be i'm sorry seth freaking rollins <laughs> yes, thank you
1: i didn't know who you were talking about there
0: how they refer to him that that's his name you know that yeah it's his freaking
1: is, yeah it's says freaking on the on the, on the on the on the site and in the copy and everything yeah
0: correct his name is seth freaking rollins that's his name it's not seth rollins and his nickname is freaking the man's name is seth freaking rollins and the commentators have to say it. <laughs> Seth
1: freaking Rollins every time. Every Everybody time else has lost friend. their names. Everybody else has lost their first names. He gained freaking as, a, as, a, as as he. it must be said every single time. It is unbelievable.
0: So they refer to him as Seth freaking Rollins every time they say his name. And a kick out by Seth freaking Rollins. You know, <laughs> Seth freaking Rollins, he's putting on an offensive show here tonight. And Seth freaking this is Rollins
1: is, this is You're asking me to watch this shit? I can't. I can't. That's why I lasted three minutes. I was like, no.
0: I can't Seth do freaking this. Rollins one step ahead of Cody here. Every step of the way. It's just nonstop Seth freaking Rollins. You know what else was nonstop, Rich? Seth freaking Rollins screeching <laughs> to Cody in his fucking Muppet voice. You're in the big leagues now, Cody. Welcome to the big leagues, Cody. It's the big leagues. Totally irritating with his Muppet voice. And then Corey Graves with possibly the line of the night. Are you ready for this one?
1: (laughs) I am ready. Yeah, let's go ahead.
0: So as Seth freaking Rollins is one step ahead of Cody every step of the way. And, and, you know, Cody's like shaking his head. He's like, ah, this man really is one step ahead. I, I couldn't get that crossroads off because Seth freaking (laughs) Rollins, he had me scouted, right? Corey Graves mutters the following. This was it. This is, I, and I quote, (laughs) Cody has ring rust from being away from WWE for six years. Oh my
1: God. Okay. So is, is this part, this is part of the lies, right?
0: I don't believe that's. If you think that's a lie, that's eligible. Sure, it's not an opinion of mine. I'm telling you that Corey Graves said that. That seems a
1: lot. But it is this company though, and they don't. If you don't wrestle in World Wrestling Entertainment, you don't wrestle. So
0: I don't want you to talk through potential lies because I don't want to have to.
1: Right, right, right. Okay, that's my that's my own brain making the. I am not going to include that one and just kind of assume that that is some unbelievably horrific thing that Corey Graves actually said.
0: Listen, take your mental notes, but. You know, who knows? Could that be one of the lies? Sure. But Corey Graves said I quote. It. Cody has ring rust from being away from WWE for six oh years.
1: Oh, my God.
0: While, while, while Muppet Man is in the ring going, you're in the big leagues now, <laughs> Cody. Welcome to the big leagues.
1: It sounds like a great premium live event, Joe. I'm, I'm, I'm it's, sorry I missed it. Yeah. This is...
0: With all of that said, great match. Better than the match at WrestleMania. Four and a half stars. I loved this fucking match. I thought this match was so good. The work here was phenomenal. Seth, I mean, you know, Cody, you can tell that these two guys like working with each other. I like the uh, – when they stopped pounding it into our brains like we're six years old, you know, and then they just let the guys wrestle and tell the story, I thought that the work was phenomenal. Look, WWE, they're going to treat you like you're an imbecile and they're constantly going to reinforce what the story is. But if you could somehow tune out the Muppet voice and Corey Graves saying stupid things, the work was great. And um, I thought for sure that Seth would win to even the score. He did not. Cody wins it. And he didn't even win it with the Crossroads. He, you know, Seth had all the answers, right? So Cody wins it with like uh, a sunset flip schoolboy gimmick. Like, and, you know, so... They also – so the idea there is maybe there could be a third match because now Seth is like, you know, I had this guy. I had him well scouted, but, you know, he caught me. You know, he caught me. He didn't beat me. He caught me. So uh Cody Rhodes beat Seth Rollins. I thought it was a great match. I really did. So I went about four and a half on it. Uh Just shy of match of the year caliber, but, yeah, I thought it was really great. Um We go to the back, Rich, as we are apt to do on a, a three-hour show with only six matches. So. We go to the back where Rhea Ripley is running down Nikki A.S.H., her tag team or former tag team partner, tag team partner. Um, I know you don't watch the TV, so, you know, they 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 used to be tag team partners. Rich, uh, Rhea Ripley. I didn't know.
1: I, I knew that. I know. I know. Enough.
0: Yes. So she's uh, running her down and making her feel bad. And then she walks off and then Nikki A.S.H. is making a sad face. And then they pipe in some like sad sounds from the crowd, which was kind of really stupid, uh, considering what was coming up in a couple of matches. Because they kind of just kind of tipped all of that off. So uh, we go back to the ring where we have almost with the MVP uh, against Bobby Lashley. And uh, look, Lashley tried hard, but uh, but almost I don't know. But as bad as almost has looked, we had this lovely piece of commentary in this match, Rich. Where end I quote? Almost has established himself as as perhaps the most physically dominant giant in sports entertainment history. History.
1: Okay, hold on. I'm I'm jotting that one down real quick. Yeah. So we'll go that, back to that one. I'm jotting that one down.
0: This is how they put over almost. Almost has established himself as the most physically dominant <laughs> giant in sports. Have they heard of Andre the Giant, Rich?
1: As the most physically they- dominant giant. Yes. In sports entertainment history. Okay, wow. so The
0: history of sports entertainment. The history while of sports guy,
1: entertainment. In the history... While
0: this guy, well, of, meanwhile, this guy's struggling to get through basic spots, what they're
1: saying. <laughs> right. so, and this is, this Physically is, dominant giant. A, Even though a, in a, their own canon, Andre the Giant didn't lose for like 30 years. Uh, a, a, the giant big show, also yeah. pretty good, uh, was an important part of the... Yeah, that's... Um, a completely
0: okay. absurd statement by by any man. The Undertaker,
1: uh, Kane, are all... Consider giants, I would say, but uh, okay. Uh,
0: worse yet, almost wins the match and defeats Bobby Lashley. So uh, presumably, almost will continue to be pushed, or this feud must continue. One or the other. Uh, they put over MVP big as a manager. Uh, Ash uh, every time Lashley had almost in a hold that he couldn't escape. MVP would implore almost to get to the corner because then the referee has to help you break the hold, right? So they're putting over MVP as like. A managerial mastermind is kind of the idea there. And he's molding this uh, f- most physically dominating giant in sports entertainment history into, uh, into an absolute killer. But the match wasn't any good. Uh, next up was Edge versus AJ Styles. Remember that uh, uh, Damian Priest was banned from ringside That's important. in important. Rich. Uh, He came to ringside. He came came down. Well, well, here's the thing. Did he, though? He came to the aisle. And then the announcers, as he was distracting AJ Styles, were saying, he's in the aisle! He's not at ringside! Which is absolute bullshit. (laughs) Absolute bullshit. Then, he ends up in the ring! (laughs) And they're still saying that doesn't count as ringside! The referees, like, telling them to get out of the ring and, and this and that. So, uh, anyway, AJ wins the match. It was a match. Look, it was a match between Edge and AJ Styles, all right? It wasn't terrible. It had its moments. But, uh, you know, nice little three-and-a-quarter star match. But uh, but the big news here is uh, a masked figure came down to ringside uh, in the post-match. And uh, many people were able to tell by this by this person's thighs, that it
1: wasn't. <laughs> I fact, saw that. Rhea I did. Ripley. I know you're not lying no. about that because I did see that controversy. The thigh gate of this week, thigh-gate. where uh, yes. people were being tisk tisked for saying that they recognized Rhea Ripley's thighs. Uh, which... Well,
0: luckily, the dummy that said that got dogpiled and chased off the app. So that, you know, at least that didn't. Oh,
1: all right. Like, well, that's, I guess, I'll that not It was
0: a... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, people are coming to their senses a little bit, but the poor guy who tweeted that did nothing wrong he it wasn't sexual all he said was he recognized the person's legs i mean what are we doing here if that's a problem but uh anyway it was in fact rhea ripley who takes off the mask who uh turns heel and then gets the loudest cheers on the show so uh that's (laughs) that's it's you know she gets incredible cheers from the crowd for the uh uh, for the reveal. And again, they like, why do the thing with Nikki A.S.H. Uh, 30 minutes earlier? Like, why fucking tip people off? You know what I mean? Maybe they wouldn't have recognized her thighs if uh, if we weren't even thinking about her. Like, why put her even put her in uh, in people's minds? Anyway, um, next match was Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair. They had an awful match at WrestleMania. Rich, um, this, this does not count for the game, uh, but as soon as bad reputation hit, TLB appeared in the room in, like, 30 seconds. Like, it's amazing. Ronda Rousey is TLB bait. Like, she hears that bad reputation, and she wants nothing to do with wrestling until she knows Ronda's on the screen. Loves the Ronda Rousey. There you go. I don't know what it is. But here's the thing. Never sticks around for the end of the match. Gets bored and leaves. Yeah. Well, like, she doesn't stick around. Um, she makes fun of it for looking fake, then makes fun of me because it looks fake, and then she leaves the room. Yeah, that's, that's about how it pattern. goes with the
1: nurse, too. Yeah, that's pretty much yeah. exactly... The nurse will watch, say, "This is stupid. Why are you watching this?" Yeah, and then say, "Oh, I know why you're watching it. You're stupid," and then just leave. And I'm like, "All right, <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Nothing you said is wrong." Like, and or, or she'll like ask me questions about it and want like, like like I'm supposed to defend it. And I'm like, "Look, I know, I know it sucks. I know it's stupid. I agree. I'm with you. Stop yelling at me. I agree." Like it is very much that uh, every single time. And then like you said, yeah, she lasts about maybe eight minutes, and then she's out to go smoke weed and fall asleep or something. So.
0: Yeah, at one point um uh someone had somebody in a hold and TLB's like who's that supposed to be hurting? And I rubbed my chin and looked at the screen and I was like I don't know. Got me. I you know that's one I can't answer for you. Um, oh god. This so... is TLB's this is TLB's other thing. She thinks I know everyone. She's like do you talk to Rhonda? I'm like no. I <laughs> <laughs> like like she thinks like, like is i was in
1: the dms you know giving us info she
0: thinks we're way more important than we are yeah like she, yeah yeah she thinks that like i don't know i'm fucking uh, she thinks i'm the uh fucking um uh, i don't know uh, uh name somebody in a in a sport media she thinks i'm uh,
1: uh adrian waldronowski the the yeah, adam schefter of uh the wrestling she I'm world. The adam
0: schefter of wrestling she thinks i, <laughs> I know everyone like so because she does that a lot
1: um, no, I'm not talking to Ronda Rousey. I, I will fully admit that when we did this preview, I don't know that I quite understood that this was an I quit match. And I won't an lie I that this was li- – I didn't see any part of this match, but I won't lie when I found out that it was a WWE I quit match that definitely made my inspiration for actually watching this uh, plummet because there is nothing in the world I hate more than WWE I quit matches. I Last man standing matches I hate – Triple threat matches, I hate. There's nothing I hate more than the WWE microphone in hand. What do you say, Ronda? What do you say? (laughs) No. Well, (laughs) you're gonna. I hate, hate, hate (laughs) it. It's like you know, Bret Hart puts you know Bob Backlund in you know an armbar, and Roddy Piper. What do you say, Bob? What do you say, (laughs) Bob Backlund? No! <laughs> for, for 10 minutes. Oh, my God. I want to die. It's the only thing. Uh, the last man standing match, the referee going... Even that being 90% of their last made standing matches is seeing Mike Kiyota slowly count to seven or whatever. There's nothing worse than I quit matches where, yeah, just a normal lock, a side headlock, a, 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 a basic, basic, you know, move. And we've got to stuff the microphone in Charlotte Flair's face. What do you say? You give up? Do you quit? No! <laughs> we can, oh, okay, no, 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 we keep going. Oh, the worst. Well, Richard,
0: you're going to love the finish to this one then. Ugh. Because Ronda had Charlotte in a hold. The referee put the microphone to Charlotte and said, Do you quit? And Charlotte goes, Never! No! Never! And then Ronda said, I was hoping you would say that, bitch! And then she put her in the Ronda arm bar gimmick and broke her arm. And that was... Uh, then charlotte quit. So <laughs> that atrocious. was the finish. That was definitely or atrocious. was it? Or was it? Oh man. Um so uh look, a lot of people like this it was definitely better than the WrestleMania match, but I it was a little too Not that hard.
1: Not days. that hard to be better than the WrestleMania match if we're being honest. <laughs> Anything so. would
0: be better than that. Look, it was a good match. I'm not saying, but it was a you know, the finish was a little goofy and,
1: and the in st- the step sucks. the step in
0: the step, the step atrocious. stinks. Uh Madcap Moss, rich uh, defeated Happy Corbin in a in a grudge match of former tag team deep partners. Um, at what? <laughs> so stupid. Do you know Matt Mo well, Maybe you don't know, but Matt Cat Moss still comes out in his little suspenders and his nineteen twenties fucking shoes and his uh, and his dress socks. And uh, this man is a babyface now. He also still tells his really bad vaudeville era jokes. So. Uh, good luck to Mad Cat Moss in his future <laughs> as a WWE baby face who tells 1920s dad jokes and uh, and looks like a uh, bootlegger who got caught fucking his boss's wife and had to run out of the house before he was able to put a shirt on under his suspenders. Uh, but he took on Happy Corbin yeah, here.
1: If I'm guessing, I think he's probably gonna probably be more on the Tucker Knight uh, trajectory of this tag team, right? Other than the uh...
0: oh, they really like him, and I'll tell you who else likes him. Pat McAfee, oh. who referred to Mad Cat Moss as quote, the most explosive athlete in WWE end quote. So, uh, this was during the meat of the match when Moss was actually selling. So I don't know why, why <laughs> Pat that moment to, to bust that one out. But, uh, But he ended up pulling off.
1: He has to fill every second with something. There has to be a platitude every fucking second or else you might be unengaged and you might go do something up. So you must fill every second with a gigantic globalized, (laughs) just fucking awful. The
0: most explosive athlete in WWE. And then Pat was putting over both guys for being former NFL athletes because you know he loves that. And then he accident, this was funny. He accidentally called Corbin big dog realized what he did and then apologized profusely for like the next 30 seconds while Cole laughed at him. He was going, Oh, well, you know, there's only one big dog in the WWE. Uh, that, that's Roman Reigns.
1: Oh, oh. And then, he yeah, got it screamed. Here. Somebody got shouted at
0: Cole is laughing at this and, and, and basically uh, pointing and laughing as uh, McAfee is stammering. Uh, cause, cause God forbid you accidentally say something that just comes across your brain. And, uh, and confuse the WWE Universe, Rich, by implying that there's uh, more than one big dog in right. the
1: company. Right, and for people that don't know, but, the Michael uh, Cole hysteric, nervous laugh is absolutely Vince McMahon bearing something. And telling Michael Cole to bury it on the air. Because that, that is a classic of the last 15 years of Michael Cole. When he'll go, what are you, what are you talking about, King? You know what I mean? Like, he'll yeah, say, you know, yeah. it's that sort of... You know that everybody who listens to Notre knows the laugh, knows the tone, knows the thing. And that is Michael Cole being instructed by Vince McMahon, tell this guy he's an... What the hell is he talking about? Who's the big dog? It's not Baron Corp. It's not... Happy Corbin. You know what I mean? Like, so that's that's the Michael Cole. (laughs) Pat, what 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 are you talking about, Pat? Like that's that that noise is 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 that, you know. Pat knew immediately. Right. He knew immediately that (laughs) That he was in trouble. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so that match was uh not good, by the way. Not not a great match. Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin. I'll tell you what was a great match. The bloodline defeats Drew McIntyre and RK Bro. Now I didn't like The first third of this match, which was Matt Riddle playing Ricky Morton and selling his ass off, which in theory is a pretty good match structure for a match like this because uh, Riddle can sell and then hot tag either Drew or Randy and they can clean house. And then the Usos can take all kinds of wild bumps for Drew and Randy. You know what I mean? And then you can do whatever finish you're going to do. The problem is, um, Riddle did all of that selling and then he makes his hot tag. But then we go into like, this, it was almost like two different matches because then they turned it into like a, a a really fast-paced go 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 spot fest style match and that's when the match kicked ass. They should have just done that for the entire match. They should have cut off the eight minutes of Matt Riddle selling and acting, you know, and and setting up like a Southern Tag style match because that's not what then the match became. The match ended up being like. This crazy indie spot fest style match, but it was really, really great. And everybody um, was really great in it. The problem is Riddle no sold the beating. Like he was just, they were doing like, take your turn spots. Like two guys would get in the ring and go through a sequence and then they would roll out. Two guys would come in, you know, the style, right? Of course. And, And Riddle was just like part of that. Like after he got his ass beat for like 10 minutes. Like, you know, he should have just sat out the rest of the match. Not only that, he was an integral part of the finish, too. So the first third didn't match the back end of the match, the back two thirds, but the work was way too good on the back ends. I had to go notebook on it. Uh, everybody was really great, even though it was kind of a weird match structure. Um, now, that, that's just in terms of in a vacuum. Now, as far as the finish goes, Roman Reigns took out all three members of this babyface team all by himself. He puts Drew McIntyre through a table. Adios, Drew. That's the end of him for the rest of the match. Then he takes out Randy Orton with like a fucking Superman punch or whatever the fuck. That's the end of him. And then he hits his finish on Riddle, and they beat Riddle. So they had Roman just clean house on all three of these guys, and then his team wins the match. Nothing was at stake. They could have had one of the babyfaces win, maybe set up a pay-per-view match next month or something. Uh, now we know Roman's not even going to be around next month, but what a bizarre finish. And then the faces never get their heat back. The heels just walk backwards up the ramp talking shit. And that's it. The bloodline wins and the heels were right. They are better than everybody and they are dominant. So
1: <laughs> yes. like, what Finally, kind of- great wrestling storytelling. The heels are correct. They were right. They're better.
0: <laughs> yeah. Clean win. Roman beats up three of the top babyfaces in the company, and then that's the end of the match. So, but was it a great match in a vacuum? Absolutely, it was a great match in a vacuum. Uh, I will so.
1: tell you this, and I know I'm not supposed to question these things, but uh, do did we do did we hit the uh, the trifecta of WWE uh, main event uh, story? Did somebody go through the barricade? Did somebody go through the table? Um, did somebody take a? I guess that, I guess it's those, those two really are the. Are, are the uh, well, did...
0: Drew Drew went through a table, and that was it.
1: Nobody went through the barricade.
0: I don't remember, but probably Okay. because they did. They did fight on the outside a lot. Let's just say they did. Um, <laughs> for the purpose, of let's just say they did. <laughs> Fucking though, no. it's come on. What are the odds they didn't? Yeah, I was gonna say uh, that,
1: that's. I just wanted to make sure that uh, that, yeah. that, I, that I clarified that. But, but since
0: yeah. I don't know the answer to that, we won't. Don't don't use that as one of your answers. Okay, but so,
1: but but yeah, somebody did go through a table though. That that goes.
0: Yeah, it took out Drew, and you would think that Drew. This powerful Scottish baby face would have eventually come back from that. We were all waiting for it, and he never did. He just died. So, um, and then Roman killed the other two, and they won the match. <laughs> so that was that, and that was WrestleMania Backlash, a premium live event, which I thought was actually a pretty good pay per view. So, um, with two really good bookend matches. So, uh, there you go. Rich, all right, it is so now was, time. There is okay. Think you've there identified were... the three live.
1: <clears throat> so there were three. Lies in your review, correct?
0: All face, factual lies, just things okay. that did not happen.
1: Okay. Number one, even though I, 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 don't, I don't discount this happening. I feel like it's pretty egregious, even for world wrestling entertainment. Uh, yes. I am thinking that Roman Reigns did not. So was that an elimination match in the tag match? Or you're just saying no, it was a six single man
0: tag, six just man. Tag. A, okay. Just normal. But six man what tag. I'm saying okay. is they made it clear that he took out drew took out Randy like they were pounding that
1: home. Too. Okay. Like I, I'm going to say that something else took out either Randy Orton or Matt Riddle. I, I, I don't doubt that he did eventually pin drew or something like that, or I did eventually, but I, I am going to take umbrage with the idea that Roman Reigns decimated all three of these men and then also got the clean pinfall. Right,
0: so that's lie. Number one. Yes. What's number two?
1: Number two is Madcap Moss being described as the most explosive athlete in world wrestling entertainment while he was selling.
0: Okay. That's number two.
1: And then lie number three, uh, Damian Priest coming to the ring, being literally in the ring despite the stipulation (laughs) in the match that he could not be at ringside.
0: Right. Okay, so you're saying the three lies are uh, Roman Reigns dominating and taking out all three baby faces at the finish of the main event.
1: Correct.
0: Mad Cat Moss being referred to as the most explosive athlete in WWE. With the
1: caveat that he, he did so while selling.
0: Okay. And the third lie you're saying is um, what was your third one? Uh, Damian was, Priest
1: literally oh, being in the ring despite the stipulation he, that he couldn't be at ringside.
0: Right, and 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 Edge not being not only not being disqualified, but the announcer saying it
1: it's okay because <laughs> it's not ringside counts
0: as being at ringside. Right, 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 right. Yeah, right. Okay, so what we're gonna do is go. I'm gonna go through all three of them one by one and tell you whether you spotted the lie or whether it was in fact true. Okay, lie number one. Roman Reigns taking out all three top babyfaces in the main event on the way to the finish. Rich says that was a lie. That was, in fact, true. There was no lie. That was the finish of the match. So, like,
1: clearly, definitively took out all three men. Yes. Like, and Uso didn't take out Randy Orton. Like, Roman Reigns took everybody out, including... Roman Reigns took them all out. And got the clean pinfall.
0: Correct. And they won the match. Yeah, clean. They won a clean. Yeah, clean by, you know, heel W. Yeah, they just beat them. And Roman took everybody out one by one. Correct. All right. Number two. Pat McAfee refers to Madcap Moss as the most explosive athlete in WWE.
1: While he was selling. While he was selling.
0: That is, in fact, true. That was not a lie. (laughs) Pat McAfee said that.
1: While he was selling?
0: He said that. I will tell you. He said it. I don't think he. Is he the most explosive athlete? Pat McAfee says so.
1: All right. Well, hey, who am I? Who am I to to to, to doubt Pat McAfee? So okay.
0: Well, look, you got one more chance, right? You got one more chance. Uh, what was your third one again? Uh, Damian
1: Priest in the ring, okay, okay. despite the stipulation that he cannot be at ringside, <laughs> and the announcers saying, "Oh, that's fine because that's not ringside."
0: So, Rich thinks it's completely absurd that Damian Priest was in the aisle way and that didn't count as ringside and did, in fact, brawl into the <sighs> ring. And that also was not considered being at ringside and uh, causing Edge to be disqualified. And, Rich, that was, in fact, the truth. It wasn't a lie. That's exactly oh what God. happened in the match. So, Rich, you went over three. Oh, you went over three. Oh. Incredible, right?
1: Now I'm just trying to figure out what the lies were. Well, I was gonna reveal the lies. I'm I'm, I'm fascinated by what these lies were. I, I I believed everything you said for the most part. There was a few things yeah. that stood out to me. I I won't lie. The, the the ones that I thought were lies. I I there was some wrinkle of truth. I thought in all of those. Sure. But uh, wow, I'm uh, I'm flabbergasted here. So what what were the what were the lies?
0: Okay, lie number one. Rhea Ripley scolds. N- Nikki A.S.H. in a backstage segment before they reveal her turn later in the show. That did not happen.
1: That did was- not happen. Okay. Well, that's good. That's smart of them to not that do that, be then. Because that's pretty dumb. Yeah.
0: But that's something that, obviously, you found plausible. So <laughs> oh, for sure.
1: Yeah that, that, yeah. that they're like, uh, my guests at this time, Rhea Ripley and Nikki Ash. Yeah. Then they're like, how do you guys feel about your match coming? And then is like, stop. She's like, oh, I'm sick of carrying you. You know, yes. you and yes. you people. You, Yeah, I could totally see that for sure. And Nikki so. makes a sad face. Right, right, right. You're not a superhero, Nikki. <laughs> You're just yeah, a loser. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, She walks away. <laughs> Nikki stares, you know, sadly off to the distance for 15 or 16 seconds until they fade out. You know, back to the...
0: Just so everyone knows <laughs> right, when she reveals herself later. Yes, yeah, right. why she did it. Yeah, but no, that was a lie. Okay, that was
1: a lie. well, all right. Uh,
0: lie number two, and I could totally see why you fell for this one. Seth Rollins in his Muppet voice screeches. This is the big leagues, Cody. Welcome back to the big leagues. That did not.
1: No, you're lying. You're lying. That happened for sure.
0: No, he didn't say that. He didn't say that.
1: Um, But Corey did say that he had the ring rust because that was one that I was really close on.
0: I don't know. We have one more lie to reveal. Okay. All right. We have one more lie to reveal. I only told three lies. So could that be one of them? Lie number three. Was a commentary lie. Almost has established himself as the most physically dominant giant. <sighs> I wrote giant that down. It's,
1: I have history. it down. I swear to God, if I showed you my screen, I have it down. But I said, yeah. nah, they could probably do that. It is one of my ones. I promise it's on my screen right now. Quote, as the most physically dominant giant in the history of sports entertainment is written down here. Damn
0: it. Yeah. Nah, no, that was not said. Oh, I, uh, I, went with I made it. that up. Went I with made it. that up. But you know what that means? That means Corey Graves really said Cody has ring rust from being away from <laughs> WWE for it's six years. That's
1: fucking believable.
0: <laughs> it is so hard to parse out the truth from oh, the fiction in this company.
1: company. Oh, my God. This
0: might be the hardest game we play. This is not easy. I mean, because, you know, I'm, I'm I, here's how I approach the game. I'm not only coming up with lies that are plausible, right? That's part one. But I'm making sure to include the completely bizarre shit that they really do.
1: <laughs> right, to kind that's of t- take you off the scent, yeah.
0: Right. So that's the hard part of the game. Um, and I did get you with one of those. The Medcap Moss is the most explosive athlete in WWE. So uh, that's the game. Rich goes over for 3. Uh, you know, so there you go. Better luck uh, in
1: at Hell in the Cell uh, later this uh, – this, or, or June, I think. It's June, right? Yeah.
0: What I tell you about this swink? Here he is in the chat, and he's saying there was a fourth lie. Joe said AJ Styles beat Edge when Edge beat AJ Styles. I don't think I said
1: that. <laughs> Boy, I, think, I hope someone got fired for that blunder. Yeah.
0: No, I said that AJ should have won because it should have. When 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 Punishment Martinez came to ringside, that should have counted, Punishment and he should have whatever his name is. He should have Damian disqualified Priest. him. For that
1: he's a member of Judgment Day. Come on.
0: I distinctly remember saying Edge won the match anyway, but I'll have to go listen to the tape. Uh, the point is, uh, Rich went over three in a very, very difficult game, and that was WWE WrestleMania Backlash Premium Live event.
1: Thank you. Yeah, that was that was great. Uh, it's, uh, it's, I didn't have to watch it, and uh, I had a lot of fun <laughs> trying to figure out what the fuck is going on in this horrific, horrific company. So, uh, congratulations to everybody. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's get to some wrestling that is actually good and is actually fun. We'll start here uh, with All Japan Pro Wrestling's Champion Carnival. Hey, what? I told you I liked the show. Ah, It sounds terrible. It sounded awful, but anyway. All right. Well,
0: sir, you didn't watch. Okay, <laughs> <That's> so a- <laughs> I'm telling you that that premium live event delivered.
1: Anyway. <laughs> I'm never going to watch it, so I don't care. Uh, Anyway, yeah, let's get to All Japan for Wrestling. Champion Carnival 2022 final. We mentioned it last week uh, that there was so many fucking things going on in wrestling that there was no way we were going to get to the the champion carnival. Something that we have to cover. uh, So we're covering it this week. And I'm glad we did cover it this week as well because uh, they are... Uh, They do have a series of events this weekend uh, as well, their Super Power Series on the 14th and the 15th, so it was a good opportunity to kind of talk about the Champion Carnival Final and then also bleed into a little bit of a mini preview of the big uh, event that they have coming up uh, this weekend, but you uh, went back and watched a lot of the Champion Carnival matches themselves. Uh, as well so quickly do you want to kind of give your thoughts on 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 what you saw in the champion carnival uh guys that stood out to you any matches that you might want to recommend from the uh the rest of the tournament because i only saw the final and i i watched this entire final show uh but i only saw the final champion carnival match
0: all right good because i did not watch the whole final show i just watched the final match so you can quickly run through that when we get to it but uh the a block came down to uh jake lee and t hawk where Jake Lee had six, and T Hawk had five, and it was winner advances because Ishikawa and Shatero Oshino also had six, but it was impossible for either Lee or T Hawk to not finish with more than that, even with a draw. So this was basically the A Block final was winner take all, and that's how Jake Lee advanced. He beat T Hawk uh, clean in the middle, so they gave T Hawk a nice little push in the tournament. They had him in a position where he could have advanced to the final. And the one draw he had was with his stablemate, Erie. So, um, and those matches, the A block match, I watched all three final night, A block matches, and they were all pretty good bouts. They were all, you know, three and a quarter, three and a star range, uh, uh, three and a half star range. Uh, These shows did not draw though. I mean, they barely put 500 people in Cork and Hall for the uh, last block of the A night. Same thing for the last block of the uh, B of, of the last night of the B block. Um, spit it out, Joe, which came down to Kento Miyahara and Yuma Aoyagi. Miyahara, of course, triple crown champ because Yoshitatsu upset Suwama and knocked him out the match before. So it was going to come down to Suwama had a chance to get to seven, okay? Miyahara came into the final at five and Aoyagi came in to the final with six. And I think Suwama... Had beaten Aoyagi. Let me double check that. So, the, the point here is Yoshitatsu knocked Suwama out of the tournament with the upset. They did like a five minute um, upset between those two. So, no, Aoyagi beat Suwama. So, the point is, Yoshitatsu knocked him out. So, they did a draw, though, in that block final. So, that's interesting and it's important because Aoyagi obviously went on to win the tournament but he went to a time limit draw with Miyahara, but he advanced because he came into the match with one more point. So, and um, the other big key there was he came really close to beating Miyahara in that draw. And Miyahara had to be carried out by the young boys and everything. So the story of the 30-minute draw was if it went any longer, Aoyagi was probably going to beat this guy. So that's a nice little piece of booking, obviously, because... Then Aoyagi beats Jake Lee in the final, which means he's the next challenger. And everybody just saw Aoyagi. Yeah, even though it was a draw, he really got the better of Miyahara in the match. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, right, right. So that's the idea there. So that led us to the final. And I guess we'll talk about the final match first, and then you can give quick thoughts on the uh, the rest of the card. Um, I've done a lot of talking. Why don't you talk? talk people through the final first, so it was uh, Yuma Mm Aoyagi versus Jake Lee.
1: Yeah, and this was so, they made this a big deal right off the bat, because Yuma Aoyagi comes out, and they have a long drawn out like his intro music instead of just his normal intro music hitting they have kind of this long drawn out music that starts before his regular theme hits and he's got an awesome theme as well and dude came out and and I haven't seen you in a little while obviously I haven't watched I haven't been up on my All Japan as of late I did not watch any of the other champion carnival I just came here for the finals he had Definitely more charisma than I've ever seen. He had more confidence than I've ever seen before. This was a guy that either knew... he I mean, he knew he was winning the Champion Carnival, obviously. And you could kind of feel it in his confidence. Like, that he finally felt like, alright, these guys believe in me. I'm getting the Champion Carnival. This is a big deal. And he came out... I thought he walked out and owned the room immediately. He came out like a dude that was ready to become a star on this night. So I love that. I mean, the music was... They had this long, drawn-out music intro. His in, his music actually plays. He comes out. The crowd is into him. He's walking with purpose. He's walking with confidence. He's ready to go. Uh, I felt something I never felt ever with Yume Aoyagi before. So that was really, really cool to start out the match that way. Uh, and Jake Lee, if you've not seen him in a while, he is just kind of doing... It's a little bit different than the last time we really talked about All Japan, but he's he's you know he's got like facial hair now. And he, had,
0: he had he had just done the turn and
1: did the right. total
0: eclipse thing, but now it's a little more rounded out.
1: Yeah, he's just kind of like this. How would you describe it? He's not necessarily he's not depressed, but he's just kind of like he's dark. He's dark. Yeah, he's dark and brooding. You know, he's got you know he he comes out to the ring and he's wearing all this gear on him and he's got facial hair and he's got a ponytail now. He's not, you know, happy-go-lucky Jake Lee you know, let's go, fiery babyface thing. He, he's a dark, brooding fella these days and he works yeah. that well, style as well. I don't know
0: if he was ever fiery
1: babyface. Yeah, well, <laughs> attempted fiery Man. I suppose I, I should say. <laughs> <saying>. it was <laughs> an attempt to be a fiery babyface, whether that attempt was actually realized, uh, that is another story altogether. But uh, this might suit him a little bit better for what his actual personality is. is a a brooding, slow, methodical, <laughs> kind of charisma-less yeah. uh, yeah. void here. But I don't mind the character uh the work is still not quite there with Jake Lee but that's fine because I thought this match was still really really good I thought Lee was very good in it I thought Yumeo Oyagi was awesome in this match just really really awesome stuff here he's only 26 years old so he's got a lot of room to grow still but this was far and away the best I've ever seen him I never quite thought he could be this kind of guy but on this night he looks great I thought again I thought Lee played his role well I don't think Lee's that great of a worker but that's fine. If he's going to be in there with guys like Aoyagi, who are going to be good workers, if he's going to be in there with guys like Miyahara, if he's not going to be relied upon to be the hot baby, the fiery babyface, like we said, then that's fine. Like if he's just going to be a brooding heel, that's kind of the step to the you know the babyface winning the top title. I'm fine with that for him because this was really good. The closing stretch was insane. The crowd was going nuts. A bunch of 2.9 kickouts. Just a really, to me, a really, really, really good match. Go out of your way to check this one out. Uh, I know that Gerard, who did our review uh, for VoicesOfWrestling.com, he went four and a half stars uh, on this one, called it the best singles match in all Japan since the pandemic started. Uh, I think I would probably have to agree with that. I have to maybe go back and, and, and check my ratings uh, for other all japan matches but yeah a, a really 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 good closing stretch a uh, 30 minute match that just blew by it did not feel like 30 minutes and a lot of times you know big time matches like this can feel that way uh especially in an empty arena especially in all japan but i thought the crowd was was as hot as they could be for this Aoyagi was good lee was good closing stretch was out of this world and just a really 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 good match go out of your way to check it out uh, and and real to me, a star-making performance for Yoyagi Who? Oh, I, whoa, yeah. I thought he, I thought he owned the room from from the beginning of the match to the end of the match. Now I don't know, you know, I don't know if he's gonna be selling out Corkins tomorrow or whatever. But I, I think they've definitely got something with this guy. Uh, in a way, I felt more with him than I've ever felt with Jake Lee when they put him in this position. The, the seven or eight times they tried with him or whatever. So,
0: yeah, I liked the match. I thought It was a really good match, uh, but I had a lot of problems with it. I had a lot of problems with the match. Uh, Number one, like, first of all, they really positioned this like Jake Lee is a guy on the roster now that younger wrestlers have to overcome. He has ascended that point. He's a former Triple Crown champion. He won the carnival last year. And this entire match structure was Jake Lee beating the shit out of this kid. And he took 80% of this match. And then Aoyagi had to make you know the big uh, comeback in the end and kick out of a bunch of shit and then pull it off. And the way that Lee sold the loss was not like a guy who was physically exhausted or beaten. He kind of just sat in the corner and shook his head like, I let this one get away. That was kind of his mannerisms with that. So I'm going to go somewhere with that later in the conversation. But um, I thought Aoyagi, and you obviously can't comment on this because you didn't watch, but. I thought Aoyagi came across much better against Miyahara a couple nights before uh, because he didn't spend the entire match selling. The match structure was the opposite in that he came out looking like the superior wrestler against the Triple Crown champ. He was standing tall at the end, and part of that was because he advanced, but part of that was because he got the better of Miyahara in the match. And Miyahara limped out of that thing like he had just lost and like he had just taken a beating and i thought ryoji looked great in that match and i thought he looked inferior to jake lee in this match from a storytelling standpoint i thought he looked inferior to jake lee and kind of just pulled the match out of his ass um i thought the work when jake lee was on top which was most of the match was a little disjointed and kind of sloppy and that's on that's mostly on lee i just lee is not compelling He's not a compelling offensive wrestler. No,
1: I I agree. Yeah, I would agree.
0: He doesn't know how to fill the time. We've complained about this when he was a babyface. And it's kind of the same deal as a heel. I'm with you. I love the persona. I think he looks like a million bucks and looks like more of a star than he ever did as a babyface and carries himself like a star. But the bell rings. And in a match like this where he has to carry 80% of it on top, and 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 beat down a sympathetic babyface he's not capable of it he just isn't he's not like you said he's not a great wrestler that his biggest problem is the most obvious problem he's not a great wrestler so he's kind of found some charisma as a heel but look he's and look he's he's like 31 now it's not going to happen like i don't think he's ever going to be a great wrestler but um anyway what i see happening here Look, this might sound crazy, okay? I can't discount Aoyagi beating Miyahara, and then no. his first, yeah, and then his first defense being against Lee, right? Because the story here with these two matches was he he did very well against Miyahara, but it was very obvious that Lee was superior to him. Lee didn't even sell the loss; like he just was sitting in the corner shaking his head. So, I know that probably sounds nuts. And I'm not exactly dialed into all Japan like I used to be. I crash watched all of this, and you know I'm going to pay closer attention now. But the carnival just fell through the cracks because things were so crazy the last couple weeks. But that's the impression I got watching the last three nights of the of the of the tour. So, um, you know, we'll see. I, I, I thought, you know, I, I actually preferred the 30 minute draw with Kento and Aoyagi to the final slightly. I preferred it slightly. I thought they're both I should maybe go watch that.
1: I should maybe go watch that before this weekend.
0: Well see, the thing, the difference is and I know I say this every time and it's one of those broken record things Kento Miyahara is just so by far the best wrestler in the company and I watched this in reverse. I watched the final first and then I went back and watched the two block nights and it was just like, and, and the last match I watched was the 30-minute draw. And it's just like, oh, yeah, this is just different. This guy's just another level. He's just he's just better than everybody else. And there's some good wrestlers in all Japan. Um, but I really love the third. It's funny because you said the final blew by. I thought the 30-minute draw, like, I was shocked when the bell rang. Like, I wasn't paying attention, right? But it's like the bell rang, and I was like, that. I thought they worked the time. I checked, and it was 30 on the dot. I couldn't believe it. It fucking flew by. I was so into that match. And I knew the finish. I knew it was going to be a draw. But I thought they worked it. So, um, yeah, you know, so that that wasn't a slog either. Much like, the, and I didn't think the final was a slog. I thought you were dead on with that. The final didn't feel like I, I wasn't checking my fucking watch. No,
1: definitely not. Yeah, for 30 minutes. I mean, a lot of matches at 30 minutes. Uh, you really start kind of feeling it. I did not. I, I that 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 was a match when it was done. I went, whoa, nice, nice and tidy, like eighteen minutes, and I went, whoa, that was thirty minutes. Wow, good for them, because I think that I I thought they filled the time a little bit better than you thought they did. Um, uh, but but I still agree with you in a large largely that Jake Lee is just yeah, he's not to that. But and that's why I said like to me after this match, I thought Ayo Yagi, I was like, okay, I saw a lot out of him that made me believe that this is a guy that if they truly wanted to get behind and do some stuff with. I am more on board with that way, 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 way more than I was ever on board with Jake League becoming that guy. So I think we might be on the right path here. But like you said, there, there, there is always that worry that, you know, that that he's not quite there just yet and that they do have to go back to Lee or they just continue to go with Miyahara. But uh, I, I guess we'll find out in a couple of days, you know, what what the next step is going to be for Aoyagi. But yeah, he's only 26. So there still is plenty of time. But I mean, if, it, if I'm I'm I might strike while the other one's hot. All Japan needs so badly for another guy to come in there, and, and they need somebody other than Ketsomiya Hara to actually draw a house or two. So uh, I, I don't know if he's just, that guy, but man.
0: Well, let me ask you this. Did you see Jake Lee trying to politic his way into the G1 on Twitter? <laughs> no, I didn't. They're not, yeah.
1: Can you a fucking imagine? No offense not, to Jake was- Lee, man, but come on, dude. Can you imagine that dude in the G1?
0: Listen, it's not impossible because, you know, they they obviously did the anniversary show together, right? New Japan and All Japan, which I haven't watched yet. I believe it's on – I think I saw it on the All Japan service. Is it on New Japan World? I don't know if it's on New Japan World. Check um, that. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it's not possible. I mean, and why would he – let me put it to you this way. If Jake Lee is not in the G1, he looks like an absolute geek for putting that out there and trying to get into the G one. Wow. He's not actually in the G
1: one. fits.
0: <laughs> so I think the G one would be good for him because we'd have a chance to see him with a completely different set of wrestlers. And obviously he's going to have four or five awesome workers in his block, no matter what way you slice it. So, and, and obviously they would book him fairly well. They're not going to have him go one and eight. Right. So I hope he's in it because I think it'll be, something interesting um as far as this undercard let's not do all the matches Did, what were your main take do you have any you have three or four takeaways yeah yeah
1: that's actually perfect because i was thinking man i don't really know if i want to do this whole yeah, card we got to uh, get
0: to dragon gate anyways, yeah yeah so. i
1: want to get to Dragon Gate. so takeaway karu rising hayato good what are you to watch this match sato looked good hayato looked good Fun finish, fun match. Uh, yeah, it was really good. Only went about seven minutes or so, but that's exactly the length it needed to go. Uh, I don't know that I'm a Sato believer all the way, but I thought he was really good here. Uh, and Rising Hayato, I, I, every time I watch that guy, I get more and more impressed with him. I think he's going to be really, really good. Because uh, he's still... Am I right that he's still pretty young? Like what? What's he, I I have a tough time with some of these guys' age, but I thought he was still like... He's still like a, a, a child. He's 23 years old, yeah. So he's got a lot of ways to go still. But uh, he's getting better and better. I thought this was really good stuff uh, from him. Uh, second thing, and you mentioned this a lot of times. A lot of times when, when you watch All Japan or you watch any company that the Stronghearts are in. That those yeah. guys are just so much better than everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, they're in there with Aoyagi, uh, Atsuki Aoyagi, Kento, and Nomura. But like they come out and it's, it's, it's the same stuff that you get with all the Strong Hearts. Where they, the bell rings, and they're just, they're wolves. They're just, they're everywhere. There yeah, feels like there's yeah, 12 yeah. of them. They're bouncing all over the ring. The crowd's getting, you know, hyped up by them. They're shit-talking the crowd. It is so amazing how good these guys are. And it feels so bad. <laughs> I feel so bad that T-Hawk is still just kind of floundering. Like, T-Hawk's just kind of being T-Hawk. And Eerie, who I think has gotten a lot better as well, is just kind of, they're just doing whatever. You know what I mean? They don't have any bigger opportunities. And then you see these guys in a match like this, and they're so fucking great. And you said in this match, go out of your way to watch Stronghearts versus Aoyagi Miyahara and Nomura. I mean, this was really really good stuff out of these guys listen to the names I mean it's those dudes they're in there they're working their asses off but like you you always say it that strong hearts are just a cut above everybody else and you see it in this match and you see it with T-Hawk in particular it's just what those guys do the style they work the way they work how they were everything about them is just like god damn these guys should be the biggest stars in Japan they're so good every single one of them and they're just kind of floundering in a lot of ways and bouncing into whatever the next company that'll take them uh, and that's been going on for what three or four years now it feels like with, with strong hearts just bounce into the next highest bidder for, for this day or this month or this week or this quarter or whatever. Uh, you know yeah. what this sounds
0: like, sir? I'll tell you what it sounds like. Gleat slander, and I yeah. like it.
1: <laughs> You're right. I mean, yeah. I like it. it is. That's another company that when those guys get to the ring, they're just head and shoulders above everybody else that they're wrestling with. Just just clearly, these guys are major league and need that should be in bigger opportunities and and, and they're just not. But yeah, T-Hawk in particular was awesome this match. Just, he's so good. Hawk's just fucking great. Uh, and then Joe, I will. Uh, I guess I could do this as a as a truth or a lie. But uh, if I told you that <laughs> that one Suji Ishikawa pinned Sataro Ashino in a uh, six man tag match, would you believe me?
0: I would believe that. Yeah.
1: Well, you were correct. Suwama uh, accidentally hit Ashino uh, on a lariat. Ishikawa slid in and got the one, two, three. So it wasn't a clean win. Uh, He does hit a fire thunder driver, though. He didn't just pin him off of the spinning lariat. He still had to hit his move. You know
0: what I mean? (laughs) Are we getting uh, runaway suplex explodes? Well,
1: I don't know because so what happens? So the Twin Towers, uh, Ishikawa and Sato, are going to be facing runaway suplex on the 14th. Mm. So afterwards, you have runaway suplex and they're not happy. Ashino's just like, what the fuck's going on, bro? What are you doing? And Dan is in the middle, kind of being like, hey, it's all right. It happens. Whatever. Yeah, Not so fast. Ashino storms out of the ring, so I don't know. Can they coexist Mar- uh, May 14th? Get those tag titles. We'll see. But um, Does, uh, Well,
0: they have know,
1: the they titles. Kept... They have the titles right now, but will they be able to retain the yeah. titles, I should say?
0: You know, they kept Kohei Sato out of the carnival because that man is washed. I yeah. didn't watch oh, the show, yeah, but yeah, yeah. is he still shaped like E.T.? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, did. he really is. He looks like either E.T. or late-stage Giant Baba. Yeah, 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 a
1: lot of that late-stage Giant Baba thing, where he's, like, he just kind of looks like he wobbles, like he just has no, like, strength in his legs. He's got, like,
0: concave chest, no shoulders. Hasn't (laughs) worked out in years. Just, yeah. Yeah, no, he
1: kind of looks like that still, so, yeah, that's. uh, but uh, there you go, so Runaway Suplex.
0: He's been working for the grimiest indies you could ever imagine. Look at his cage. (laughs) Something called Burst.
1: Burst. Um,
0: uh, you will not even recognize the logos of these companies he's been working.
1: For. Burst. Okay. Uh,
0: it is. It is. Uh, it's not good. And then you know, all Japan brings him in for like the Corrigan's. But uh it, it, the guy has. Uh, he's lost it. I think zero one cut him loose, and he's just like, I'm not working out no more. What's the point? I'm working two aw and something called Burst. I-
1: I'm seeing here that Burst celebrated their one year anniversary on uh, on May eighth. So congratulations to. First on their, I
0: tried to pitch it to you to review it, but you, uh, you are no part of it. Um, he was in the carnival wait, last. Wait, show, wait,
1: right? wait, 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 wait. Did you did you watch this burst first anniversary burning it on show or no?
0: uh it's another why.
1: A- am I <laughs> am I led to believe that I this is what cage match has? So yeah. it has Kohei Sato and Toa Iwasaki. And yeah. a five-minute time limit draw is the main event. What? That's what it says. A five-minute yeah. time limit draw? I don't know what to tell you. Are we sure? That's what it says. A five-minute time limit draw. Correct. And Kohei Sato wrestled another time limit draw on the same show. Okay, hold on. Yes, he did. Hold on a minute. So this is First Anniversary Burning It On show. The right. opener is Daisuke Sakamoto and Ito versus the Twin Towers Time limit draw, 15 minutes. No one's doing the JOB in that match. So we have to no. just go time limit draw. Then we have Rock. Drew Parker in Eerie E in a double count out. No one's doing the, the JOB for that one, so we gotta do a double count out. Finally, Daishi Hashimoto says, you know what? Fine. I'll take the I'll, we'll take a loss. So Daishi Hashimoto and, and Toa Iwasaka, they lose in their match, but then Iwasaka comes back in the main event and does a five-minute time limit draw with Kohei Sato. Is this All Japan 1978, or what the hell is this show? What are we doing?
0: Would you be surprised to know that Kohei Sato and Tawa Iwasaki own the promotion?
1: Uh, No, I would not.
0: Based on these results of neither man (laughs) wanting to lose a match. There was one clean finish on the entire show. Who cares? It's the anniversary show, you monster. <laughs> right, yeah. What are you talking about?
1: We're trying to celebrate Burst here. All right. Well, this wanna... is the
0: promotion that Sato and Iwasaki formed when they got ousted from Zero One. And I don't think you're putting enough respect on either one of those uh, men's names or any respect on Burst, which I definitely didn't find out just existed today.
1: 10 minutes ago. <laughs> it looks like so their Energy you... Garden show is available uh, to watch <laughs> on their YouTube channel. But as of right now, uh, the Burst first anniversary. Uh, what was the tag like? Burning it on is not available right now. Um On, but let it, me tell
0: you something about burst. They love the time limit draw. Looking at so many people, <laughs> they love what the time What, limit what draw?
1: era do they think they're wrestling in? It's like Brody and in '83. Like you can, I mean, I can take a loss. Like, what are we doing here? Burst. Like Toru yeah. couldn't take a loss in this. We had to go time limit draw here. I'm watching this Energy Garden show. It's Sato and Iwasaki versus uh, Mizuki Watase. I don't even know who that is. And Toru. Mizuki
0: Watase, you're talking
1: about. Yeah, yeah. And Toru. Yeah. And they do a timeline. No, Toru wouldn't take the loss? <laughs> they couldn't They couldn't negotiate one of those four men to take a loss to get pinned?
0: How many shows do they have? Why
1: is... There's only... Okay, in that Energy Garden show, Kohei Sato wrestles the opener. <laughs> <laughs> so...
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, so the opener is a singles match between... Sato and, and and what is it? Watase. 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 The Watase. second match is Toru versus Iwasaka. So those both those men did take losses. There were losses in singles matches, but when the tag match came, they just decided.
0: Rich, uh, they have like five wrestlers, <laughs> and they just they they all wrestle <laughs> double. They all do double shots.
1: Oh god, I'm kind of into burst. Let's maybe we should become a burst promotion. I'm gonna watch this. How Energy many shows are on show. YouTube? Uh, Energy Garden is on YouTube. Um, There's something called. Anzaki base match that's on there that's 32 minutes and maybe just might be one match
0: how many views does the energy garden uh
1: the energy garden show as of right now and it's going to explode after we're talking about it here uh but as of may 12th it has 271 views joe so i don't love their business model (laughs) good god (laughs) don't love don't love the business model of burst here but uh Ugh, I wish right. I wish them well in their uh, in their attempt. To, well, they uh,
0: had their first anniversary, so. Um, it drew a healthy crowd of 120. <laughs> Doesn't look worked at all.
1: They appear, they appear um, to be wrestling in parking lots, so this is... Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Uh, at least the Energy Garden show. The Energy Garden appeared to be some, a parking lot <laughs> of some sort. So.
0: All right. Um, yeah, well. As I said, I... Totally didn't. No, you knew about
1: Burst. Yeah, yeah, Burst. no, you definitely knew about Burst Wrestling. So,
0: 10 minutes ago, that didn't happen. But, uh, yeah, no more Kohei Sato and Champion Carnivals. That's a, that's a positive. That's a
1: thing of the past, which is fine. All right. Uh, so, real quickly, All Japan. Uh, oh,
0: Kaliga's folding, by the way.
1: Are they officially folding? I think they're just doing a new GM. I think they just have a GM now. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. The big announcement, the unfortunate announcement or whatever was just they have a new GM. So,
0: that they built all that up for that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, great.
1: Yeah. Uh, Liga's still they the just league. they just ran this uh, they just ran today. Stars Night available so Andy it's Wu GM. defeats FG Mask in the uh, main event. So, not, ah, not, sorry don't... I spoiled it for you. I'm sorry because I know you were gonna it's after a big the show feud. immediately go watch some Kaliga. But uh,
0: big feud. All right, um, Dragon Gate King of Gates.
1: Oh, we should say real quickly. Superpower Series this weekend. Uh, a great preview up at VoiceOfWrestling.com by Gerard, also hosts uh, the Emerald Flow Show. Also on the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network. Uh, Miyahara, Yumi Aoyagi, uh, your big match there. Uh, That's going to main event the 15th. Uh, And then, as we said, Runaway Suplex, defending their tag team titles against Suji Ishikawa and Koei Sato in the main event of of the May 14th show. So there's some other stuff on there. Uh, If you want to read the preview, get you all set up for that. Uh, We don't have a ton of time to get into it now, but uh, I am going to be definitely checking out the uh, Miyahara-Yumi Aoyagi match because that has a big potential to be... uh, uh, potential uh, change of the guard moment there with Yuma Aoyagi getting the title, but uh, we'll see. Kento probably retains, I would guess. Uh, but who knows? Maybe they uh, decide to go nuts and, 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 and go with Aoyagi there. But uh, there you go. All right.
0: King of Gates underway. Uh, four first-round matches. You watched all of this? Yep. All right. So uh, what needs to be watched, if anything, off of these? All right.
1: First thing you got to watch, they did it again. They got two new dudes. Wow, They got two dudes, the guys go out there They chop the fuck out of each other, they both look great
0: This Nagano and
1: Eto Yes, these two, yeah. men? two new dudes It's unbelievable Okay, I can't believe they have two new guys And apparently there's two more guys that they haven't revealed yet Jay was trying to figure out uh, what their names yeah. were ho uh, ho knew the names uh, We have not seen them yet, but we saw these guys And uh, I'm not calling them superstars yet I'm not saying, but they, they got dudes for sure Both these guys looked like they belonged And they chopped the fuck out of each other And had a good little five minute time limit draw So, good stuff that
0: would be Keito Nagano and Masaharu Eto. Yep. Is mm-hmm. I'm talking
1: about.
0: Right. So this King of Gate, I see that uh, Suji Kondo beat Kai in 39 seconds. Yes.
1: Oh, go out of your way, Joe, to watch this match. Everybody go out of your way to watch this match. This is why I needed to talk about Dragon Gate on the show. So they come out, and my man, Suji Kondo, is focused. He comes out. He's not slapping hands with fans. He's not doing it. He comes out. He is ready to go. The bell rings. He runs at Kai runs at Kai knocks him down with a lariat runs at Kai again knocks him down with a lariat goes for the pinfall knocks him down uh, Kai kicks out he goes for one more lariat one two no Kai gets out again Kai gets a little bit of offense Suji kind reverses something takes his fucking head off of the lariat one two three pins him rolls out of the ring walks to the back Suji Kondo came for blood he's f- straight focused in this this rocked this ruled so much and a big time upset here in this king of gate match as well kai obviously the the big time champion suji kondo being you know suji kondo but this was bell ring lariat 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 one reversal from kai another lariat suji kondo gets the win fucking rocked awesome and then just doesn't celebrate doesn't do anything rolls out of the ring walks to the back all business suji kondo is going to win king of gate joe i can feel it i I gotta tell you i'm into it yeah (laughs) i'm into it you ready for suji kondo to win the king of gate I love Suji Kondo. Yeah, it's about fucking time.
0: About time he's overdue for a push. By time somewhere. he gets his
1: respect in Dragon Gate. Yeah, damn right. You're gonna yeah, love this. Go out of your way to watch this match. It's only gonna take 39 seconds, so you'll have plenty of time yeah. to watch everything else. But uh, get that Geek Kai out of here. Yeah. Too. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, especially him doing it to Kai was fantastic. should. They should just. They, they. They honestly, if I'm booking Dragon Gate, Kai's got to go with that title. This is your champion. This is the guy you're gonna represent as your champion. No. Not my company. Uh, you know, he's
0: been okay as champ, to be he's fair. He's been fine. He's been fine. He's not jumping Jack's Kai anymore, but point stands. With a loss like this,
1: I don't think he um, deserves to be that champion anymore. But, uh, yeah, this rocked. Go out of your way to watch this, man.
0: What else uh, with the tournament matches? Yeah,
1: so I'll, I'll real quickly go over, because I know we're running a little bit low on time here. Kakuta getting the big win over SB Kento was, was, was nice, because obviously they have a, a long, 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 long history between yeah. those two guys as well so kakuta looked good again uh he seems to be fully healed and ready to go again he is no longer hip-hop kakuta he's gone back to the original name he's gone back to the original right. focus here uh, he was really good sp kento is tremendous uh, this was really really good seven minutes just just under eight minutes uh, so definitely check this one out i'd really say all the king of gate matches uh, i would say war Shoot shooting skywalker and eta
0: kakuta still look like jordan oliver
1: uh, well, yeah, he didn't get a new face when he got hurt. Yeah, it was only his shoulder that got hurt. He did not get a new face, unless he does still look like Jordan Oliver. But similar to Jordan Oliver, he has definitely put some mass on as well. So, uh, uh, we have
0: influenced WrestleCon Super Show matches before. Yeah, I want to pitch officially.
1: Yeah, Rob Viper, are you listening?
0: Yeah, yeah. a tag team of Kakuta versus Jordan Oliver. I, I want them to be in a tag team against whoever you want to put him in there with. But uh, th- those two men, I'm convinced. Somehow are related.
1: Yeah, you can do twin magic during the match too. Yeah, roll out of the ring and the, you know, partner pins the guy and the other guy runs in. I could definitely absolutely do that. Yeah, they are they're separated at birth in some way. Yes, like 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 Gordy and Takeshi Morishima. Like something happened.
0: The joke was with uh, with Morishima that Terry Gordy fucked Margaret Cho at some point, <laughs> and the result was Takeshi Morishima.
1: Ah, I mean it's it's. It's Hard to dispute, and I the timeline kind of works, right? I think people made no. it. No, no, it doesn't. Okay, it doesn't at all. Oh, we all oh, right, yeah, we, we came with the timeline, and it's not good for uh, uh, Mr. Gordy, yeah. I guess, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: that's... No, and and Margaret Cho just like lives in San Francisco, like, <laughs> right? So it know,
1: would be know. very bizarre, uh, for that, yeah, time. so um, impossible, yeah. Uh, impossible. We don't know, impossible, but very unlikely that it happened, but anyway, all right, uh, quickly, uh, some of the other stuff, uh. Yeah, But the tag matches were fine Nothing to really stand out Gold class They're, they're just in a class on their own they, they have awesome music They all come out with great gear Those guys rock uh, King of Gates uh, Shun Skywalker Eta Probably my least favorite Of the King of Gate matches Still pretty good But Eta I, I don't know I, I'm kind of iffy on Eta Some of these days uh, Especially Full on Chicken shit Asshole Lucha influenced Eta Is a little too much for me It's just kind of You know what I mean Like he's just a little too grimy uh, At this point right now So uh, and, and Shun Skywalker is a little bit more of a character guy for me right now than, than than kind of a bell-to-bell guy. So I thought this was okay, but not not great. Uh, I mentioned Tsuji Kondo and Kai was awesome. Uh, and then the main event was Yamato versus Yuki Yoshioka. This, go out of your way to watch this match. Awesome, awesome stuff here. Yamato still can go. This dude's slowing down a little bit, a little bit, but can still absolutely go with the best of them. And Yushio, Yoshioka, uh, Yoshioka, I don't know, God, why I had the trouble saying that. Um, Looks really good here as well He he is going to be a dude They know he's going to be a dude They're pushing him like a dude He gets a big time win here against Yamato They're pushing him He's in the main event of the opening of King of Gate I don't know if he's going to win the tournament I have no idea what you know what the booking of the tournament is I'm going in having no clue who's going to win And that's fine, I don't care I just kind of want to watch the tournament and see who emerges But uh, I would not be shocked if he gets a win Or, or wins this entire tournament Because he they clearly have big hopes for him High hopes for him And the right to have that They, they definitely have a guy in their hands a uh, future dude here. Yamato looks good, as he always does, as he has for the last 20 years at this point. So uh, that was good. So yeah, if you can, really watch all the King of Gate matches. If you must skip one, Shun Skywalker and Eita, I think you can skip. Do not skip Kondo and Kai. It's 39 seconds. Don't skip it. Why are you going to skip it anyway? Uh, the main event, Yoshioka versus Yamato, and Kakuda versus SP Kento, all worth your time. And definitely, definitely, definitely watch the exhibition match uh, between the two new young guys in, in Dragon Gate because they've fucking done it again, and they got two more guys coming down the pike. So there you go
0: and I think that's the flagship
1: that is it we are out of time so again flagship patreon.com uh, for all of our bonus content everything else we do uh, all the five dollar stuff all the ten dollar stuff written uh, reports written columns exclusive news exclusive scoops everything you're going to possibly want to know about this Kodabushi situation we will tell you we have sources that we know nobody else has uh, so you're going to get a lot of stuff on that Kodabushi situation you're going to get there you're going to get the Thursday tea reviews you're going to get live instant reaction lives Double or nothing later this month, you're going to get Insurrection Live on that. You're going to get everything we do, Slamboree, Jamboree, Mountain Dew reviews, all that other stuff is going to be up at FlagshipPatreon.com. And then again, VoicesOfWrestling.com for all the reviews and previews of all the stuff we talked about. Uh, And also the Voices of Wrestling podcast network where you can follow. We have shows about everything in the world of wrestling, AEW shows, uh, All Japan and Noah shows, just everything we got there, Dragon Gate-specific shows, Music of the Mat, all that sort of stuff is up there at the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. WCW Reviews. You want to talk about WCW Thunder? You want to hear a review of WCW Uncensored 1999, you can get that on the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network. It is all available there. So that uh, is there. You speak Spanish? We got a Spanish language podcast, too. We got it all there at Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network. So that is that. Uh, also, Voice of Wrestling a Discord, if you want to join our Discord uh, as well and join the conversation. So that is it. That's Joe. I'm Rich. We'll talk to you next time.